Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 125 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, dot, 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 that's, not that, that's not my real name, my real name is Psycho Cow, Grant Wilcott, and joining me in the orange sidewinder for this episode are the Chief of Health and Safety, or would you call him a Head of Health and Safety? Yeah, who cares? It's Ben Moss Woodward, Edelweiss, how are you, sir? I've always preferred head, head, to be honest. I Okay, look, you know the last time I got to present this, we got complaints, and that was the last time I was allowed to present it. <laughs> and then you come in with that in your first uh, comment, right? Come on, let's, let's uh, raise... Uh, uh, no, I, I, I'm mildly broken, but I'm better than I was yesterday. Well, uh, after an abs- I've had an awesome weekend, but I'm broken. That's good, and we're going to hear all about what broke you this weekend as well. We are also joined in the Sidewinder of Doom by Commander Thane himself. That's right, Christopher Jarvis, good evening to you, sir. Hello there, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all the wonderful things that we've been up to in the last week and a bit. In fact, it's been a couple of weeks since I've been on there, but... You know, I will have relatives that like to drop dead at a moment's notice. Uh, we are also, supposedly, and I'm not 100% certain, oh, no, yes, he is definitely here, joined by our chief archivist, Commander Phoenix Defire, Colin Ford. Good evening, Colin. Good evening, everybody. And uh, like Ben, I think I'm still recovering from the weekend. See, this is just going to make me really annoyed. Just to sort of, you know, let's talk oh, about yes. all the wonderful that I missed. Brilliant. Thank you so much. But tonight, oh, yeah. because obviously we are the clueless leading the blind, we have brought in a ringer for some particular parts of tonight's show. And all the way from the Paladin Consortium, we have Commander Paroxim, and I think I got that right this time, uh, Matthew Monson. How yeah. are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. What's going on? Yeah, and welcome to the Orange Sidewinder. As you can see, there is a drinks dispenser, but you might want to wash the cup first. Just, just saying. Uh, yeah, I've seen worse. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello to everyone who's listening and those who are watching live on twitch.tv forward slash lave radio. If you want to, you can join us live. We are hanging out in game, I think. Or is one of us hanging out in game? All, all who are playing I, the game. I, 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 I don't know where I, I am. am. <laughs> Right, we're in beta somewhere between. Yeah, we're we're in beta somewhere. I think we'll just change this introduction. We're in beta somewhere in the game. You will find us. It's not a competition. There is no prize for finding us, but we certainly were in beta. And Ben, are you still out in the the wilds, or are you currently passenger messaging up? No, I am out in the wilds. I am returning from Sagittarius A, heading back towards Jacks. And is that an open? Is it? That's an open, but you know. Anyone who can find me, if you're, if you're in the vicinity and want to play Hunt the Commander, I'm sure we can we can do that. It does it does sound like you're trying to do some kind of knockoff cheap version of the A Team. <laughs> if you can find them, maybe you can hire Ben Moss Woodward. I believe his rates are quite reasonable. Right, we'll go back up, <laughs> back back from the gutter. Um, so you can kind of find us in the game. We're not all in a particular area at the moment. I'm not playing because, frankly, I've got too much other button pushing to do and it would just be a complete disaster. Um, but normally you'll be able to find the orange sidewinder between the planet Lave and the Lave station if you just search for the unidentified civilian broadcast. And there you will find it. 
shimmering in the dark. If you can't get in-game, then we are also in an IRC chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live, and click on the live chat. And, of course, we're live on Twitch, so you can give us messages through those two mediums, and we will try and answer your questions if they're decent. But if you certainly if you give us some nice compliments, we will definitely read them out on air. Right, I think that's the intro. Oh, no, we're not doing T-Speak tonight. Not yet, that's at the end. We'll go through the introductions, I think. So I think we'll... I'm going to skip Ben. No, I can't speak. You know what? Stuff you three. Matthew, what have you been up to this week? I'm not speaking to them because they're going to tell me something I don't want to hear about yet. <laughs> oh, I've been spending a lot of time in the beta, mostly testing out the Beluga and the ship launch fighters. That's been my primary focus for the last few days. Fantastic. So that's you, you've been carrying out these experimentations in beta then? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to throw this out there. These ship-launched fighters, don't don't turn your nose up at them. <laughs> don't do it. It's a mistake. Don't turn your back to them either. <laughs> no, don't. You'll never I, get them off. I have Chances seen... are they'll be on your back before you know it anyway. Yeah, they're, they're quite an exciting addition, I think, definitely. Um, I'm not even sure if we've got them in the newsletter, but we'll... Well, we can have a chat with them later on anyway. Um, but uh, who's the least worst to speak to about that? Right, okay. I'm going to dive in with the worst then. Ben! Ben! <laughs> what have you been up to? What have you been up to? this? Oh, and that's all we have time for tonight. Thanks for tuning in to Live Radio. <laughs> uh, I, I've been infected by squeeitis after having uh, John staying over at mine. Um, what I can say. Yeah. Yeah. You've had John Virgo staying over at your place with an infinite supply of Red Bull. Uh, well, it wasn't actually Red Bull. It was uh, Tornado uh, Storm and Ice, which was being given away free at EGX. Um, I, I've, I've got a photo somewhere of John holding, well, basically being a pack horse for Tornado. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was interesting. <laughs> oh, is, is that all then? That's all that happened this week. Great. Well, we'll, we'll move on to yeah, our. We'll leave that. <laughs> Why was John at your house, Ben? John was John was at my house because we all had a leaked meet on Saturday, which was awesome. And you know, M- Mr. Colin showed up as Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> just he was basically disguising himself from Zach, I believe. Yes. Really? Not just dressing up like a Sandro replacement, ready to dive in at a moment's notice. <laughs> I, w- I was there with the hat to show support for Sandro, and of course, he didn't get it at all. <laughs> he just looked like some nut job in a hat. Oh, that's know, brilliant. Yeah, as I, was, I, t- I was talking to him, and he sort of said, well, at least I've turned out in support, and he just looked at me blankly, and then I had to point at the hat. Twice. He still didn't get it. And then Adam Woods said, look, Sandro, he's the only other person with a cowboy hat. Support. Got it? Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> he hadn't even had that much to drink by then, had he? No, he hadn't. That's a bit worrying. Um, uh, we also got, there was much madness of the developers stripping Ed out of various t-shirts. Um, that and that my lo- eyes. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is Elite Meat, and you've got a strip tease on stage, and you've got two cowboys at the back. (laughs) (laughs) Why? All good family fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, if you're watching on the Twitch, we've had a slight little uh, glitch. It should be back. Just keep refreshing um, and it will reappear as if nothing ever happened. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this on Twitch, you didn't hear that handy advice. But we'll, <laughs> we'll catch up with you soon, I am assured. I think uh, Chris is currently hammering the gerbils in the back office. Um, and actually, we'll just go to... To um, Colin, hammering at each other. Colin, <laughs> what have you been up to this last wonderful week? Well, um, like everybody else, I've been testing the beta. There should be a a top shift released either today or, or tomorrow about how I managed. Already found a, a massive bug where I ended up falling all the way through a planet, which was nice. Ooh. Um, uh, but apart from that, of course, the main news was what happened at the weekend. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more because, you know, obviously. Uh, and, yeah, apart from that, it's just been um, hammering out more words, apparently. So uh, the people who have been following my Twitter stream have been noticing that there's a word count that's that's getting astronomically high. <sighs> How is that going? I know, I mean, it's... it's it, well, it looks like a heavy undertaking, but at some point, do you have to cut that down to 100 to submit it on the Drabble Show? <laughs> what, 100,000? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1,000 Drabbles in one go. There you go. How's that for keeping things uh, tight? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, you know, it takes, <laughs> yeah. Me, it takes me, what, an hour to get through 10. I just think, you know, I'm going to be streaming for a couple of years with that one. But is it going well? You, are, you, are you enjoying the process? I am actually enjoying the process. Uh, apart from this week, unfortunately, I had to do something despicable to my characters. I, I felt like I needed a shower afterwards. <laughs> well, really, before we, before we kind of, you know, because we might be leaving people who don't have a clue what we're talking about, of course, you are currently writing. Now, would this be your first sort of novel? novel. Yeah, I mean, I've got um, some shorts. I've got a short story published. So this is my first attempt at a, a full-blown novel. So uh, <laughs> it, it's turning out to be quite interesting writing a, a weekend. I'm getting uh, encouragement from Alan and from Drew and from uh, quite a few others. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it all turns out. And uh, I might throw it out at, at some point just to, for everybody to have a laugh at. You might want to throw it out at someone that you really, really, really like, uh, that likes you and will lie to you and tell you how wonderful it is first before you approach mm. the... Before you approach the Mr. Stroud, because no. it's going to be um, quite blunt and it will help your book amazingly, though. But uh, it's one thing you might want to work up towards. <coughs> no, don't worry. I have no ego it, as far as this is concerned. I have no problem with the, I have no fear of the red pen. Excellent. Excellent. Right. <laughs> Well, our, our last member of the crew to go to, who I've been saving to last because he's going to tell us about what happened on Sunday night, um, uh, is, of course, yeah, Commander Thane, Chris Jarvis. What have you been up to? Well, I was, was going to say, Colin, you're not worried about the feedback because you, you don't know just how harsh the feedback can be. It's when uh, it's when uh, it's when an editor looks at your writing and says, God, you touch your children with those hands that you've used to write this rubbish Ah, you see, at that point, I'd then go right away something worse for them, and going, oh no, I've got to read this. <laughs> yeah, and no, that's uh, how Dockers was started. <laughs> um, 
Uh, yeah, Sunday night, uh, episode two of uh, series three of Escape Velocity. Um, so if you haven't heard that, you can get onto the escapevelocity.laveradio.com site and you can either, the latest episode is either on the front page or you can click on series three, catch up. Um, OBS keeps crashing. I don't know oh. if it's to do with, um, I'm not sure if it's to do with the Elite Beta because I've not had this happening i've got your video card or driver frozen was reset that's clearly not true because the game is still running so my graphics card is working fine um so i'm just gonna have to keep stopping and starting obs and hope that the problem goes away um uh, but yeah so yeah uh, episode two season series three of escape velocity um people who've heard it and given me comments seem to like it so you know do go and um do go and uh, listen to it, hopefully. Yeah, I was trying to uh, l- listen to it late last night. Uh, unfortunately, huh? it was like the first bit of free time I got in the evening and I passed out cold after about five minutes of it, but I had the most fantastic oh, dreams. It was awesome. And I think, you know, <laughs> the, again, you know, I, I can't applaud you enough or, or give you enough praise on the amazing quality of not only the acting which isn't really your you're doing but you know you amazing actors <laughs> and the, the sounds it just uh it just takes you away and you just drift away into that world and i love it so i'm going to listen to it again tomorrow i'm going to force it on my son because he objects to anything that i tell him's good and then <laughs> when we were listening to strangeness in space he loved it out of spite <laughs> just can't win with this boy there's just no teaching him taste um but sorry yeah what else have you been up to uh oh well i say i've been to a funeral today um unfortunately some of you may have seen that sunday night's episode was dedicated to uh, a friend of mine nick james who was in escape velocity series two um unfortunately he died recently so we had his uh, funeral today so uh, i've been today catching up with lots of lots of people from the theater and lots of you know uh, friends and stuff so that's kind of a that's kind of a shame, really, with today. I've also got, coming up this Friday, we've actually got the the public release of the Chaos Reborn um, audio drama, uh, which I did the Kickstarter for. So uh, I'm currently taking pre-orders for that on the website, so if anybody wants to pre-order it, and hopefully, because this is the first time I've actually done a sale through Gumroad, um, which, where I've set a date in the future. Theoretically, you can pre-order it tonight, and on Friday it will unlock and give you access to all the stuff that you've pre-ordered. That is what I'm assuming is going to happen. So if you would all like to be part of the great experiment, you can go to radiotheaterworkshop.com and click on the RTW store. Um, And if you can pre-order the download or the tournament, if you don't, if you order the CD version of chaos reborn, you also get the download straight away as well. Obviously the CD will take as long as it takes um, to ship out to you. But, um, theoretically that should all work so if you like escape velocity and you want to hear more audio drama that i've been working on this year um you know everyone i've spoken to who's given me feedback about chaos reborn really likes it so and i think if you're a fan whether you're a fan of the game or not it's a full cast audio drama it's fantasy it's got wizards and uh, i was gonna say wizards and dragons there aren't actually any dragons in it there's um there's other monsters i won't give any spoilers away but there are other, there are other monsters um and yeah it's some of the oh obs has crashed again um, somebody else might need to take over the twitching because OBS is just dying on its ass for me tonight. It's funny um, that because I had that sure this book earlier. Are you running you an AMD card? Do you think it's the Elite Beater who's doing something funny that OBS doesn't like? Ooh, and, well, actually, I had that 
exact same problem earlier. It just crashed my machine, which is why I was late in. No, so we'll I might have to, to yeah, we'll fly through to, into... Yes, Battle Here's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Chaos Reborn, released on Friday. Um, you can go and pre-order it now, and um, uh, it'll all be released to you, uh, you know, on Friday. And uh, there'll be some other goodies as well as, as the episode. I just need to sort all that out. <laughs> the yeah. episode is already there, ready to be delivered to people. And then there's some stuff I need to sort out this week for the Kickstarter backers. Um, and some of that will be part of the retail package as well. Not all of it, because I like to give the Kickstarter backers some exclusives. Uh, but there'll be some other nice stuff in there too. I've got my pre-order in ready and waiting, so I'll let you know if it doesn't work on Friday. Yeah, I'm very grateful for you've helped me test my store. It's a bit weird considering you're actually already a Kickstarter backer and are already getting it anyway. But, I'm, you know, I was glad to see your name come up. I know, but it's, it's nice to be able to sort of get one night and then be able to give it to my brother because he always yeah. misses out on all these things. So um, <laughs> it's nice to include him and, and make him... Uh, and he, Well, he loves the stuff as well. He's a, he's a huge audio... And I can't think what a word for uh, someone who loves the sort of technicalities of editing. I think it's just generally a deviant um, or something yeah. along those lines. Anyone that's sadistic enough to enjoy yeah. it. Um, well, before we move on, is there any other things you wanted to, to bring up from your last week? I know you were also at EGX and we've got that on our schedule for us. Uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that later. I had a great time at EJX Elite Meet and um, hopefully we'll be talking a bit about some of that later on in the schedule. Yeah, excellent. Um, well, I've not been here for a, I don't know, two weeks I've not been here because um, obviously my my grandmother passed away and I had to, to sort out that funeral and get that all done which we've now happily uh laid her to rest in, in a style I think that she would have been extremely happy with uh, which is always the challenge um, Technophile is whoever suggesting, I'm not sure possibly, an audio Technophile maybe um, we did have you know, we had a minister who was very close friends with my grandmother and they'd been uh, thick as thieves for many years and I'd bumped into them a number of times on visits and stuff and um, so it was nice to have a minister re- leading the sort of service that was a huge friend and close to my grand because he was able to bring in stories from nights and things that he had. Because my grand was quite secretive and everybody got a different kind of angle from her. But she was just this amazing woman with this amazing life from being uh, you know, married to the police officer in the Kenyan army during the time of the Mau Mau uprisings. And you get all these horrific stories about how she experienced things that, you know, nobody should do it. Then she was a nurse during the war in London, during the bombings. And you just think, you know, she's got a life that would be an amazing movie. And it's very, very sad to sort of lose her. But also it's kind of really uplifting to have known her, which is kind of maybe a bit sickly to say. But... You know, that's that's the sort of that's the personal side to things. That's the you know, that's my grandmother who I will never forget and will always be part of my life and, and has been there when I needed her and hopefully I was there when she needed me. Um and then what follows after that is the rather depressing drudgery of paperwork and paperwork. Fortunately, my family are the kind of people that don't get petty 
very easily. Well, my brother gets petty all the time, but he doesn't mean it. He's just having a poke of fun. Um, but, you know, we had a wee issue at the service, which the minister just made a mistake and forgot to mention my aunt. But my aunt, <laughs> who's estranged from my grandmother, took it quite to heart. So we had this big, huge upset. But within about an, an, half an hour at the wake, we were all in tears of laughter, having good laughs and enjoying ourselves and, and you know, not getting bitter over things that just are mistakes, just silly little mistakes. Um, and then it was, you know, I've been trying to, to get my son turned 15 on Friday last week, and he has taken up a huge amount of interest in music, in music uh, predominantly at the moment keyboard and xylophone, because if you don't have any sort of training in any instruments, the schools hate to let you take those as a course because you can't play. You couldn't possibly learn this in time. However, I decided that I would get him something special this year that might see him become the next, you know, I don't know, hi. I couldn't even think what you would call that, but the next great composer. Um, we picked up a beautiful digital piano for him and he has been glued to it ever since. Uh, if you are out there and if you happen to be you know, looking to go into buying a digital piano. It's a blooming minefield, I tell you that. Prices start from £8,800 all the way up to something along the lines of 14000 for something that's practically a piano, at which point it would be cheaper to buy the piano. So, finding the ideal... I was say, my, my piano didn't cost that. Um, but to be fair, the amount I've spent over the years paying people to come and move my piano from house to house <laughs> there, are, there are swings and roundabouts to it I tell you what, it's, it's not much lighter it is, it is a horrifically heavy piece of, uh, of equipment I mean it's solid but we were sold on the, the Roland um, LX7 uh, which just had the sound the feel and had ridiculous um, it's modelling as opposed to samples so you get more sound from it that's kind of real and they've gone down to the fact they've modelled the sounds of the keys the hammer dropping them to the water behind you know when you release a key yeah they've, they've nice. modelled the sound of the pedal coming up if you move your foot off it too quick and it hits and you get that slight ring through the whole piano they've modelled really nice. <laughs> holding keys down without actually striking them and then striking other keys you'll get the resonance affecting the keys that are currently under strain um, as well, and all this is modelled to give the most, I think, close to being in the piano that you can get to without yeah, spending yeah. a fortune on piano. So, in that respect, I think, you know, hopefully I've set him up for a great transition for his future. And other than that, finished. And presumably weighted keys as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I presume with it doing all that, that the keys are weighted. Yes, and, and ivory coated, with, but they're plastic keys nice. to avoid any humidity, but they've got wood panelling down the sides to give that effect. It's a very good fake piano, to be honest. It's, you know, uh, my brother says it's a very expensive Bluetooth speaker, which it also does. It's got Bluetooth <laughs> on it. We, we spent um, a whole day going round different shops until we settled in this one, and we have to thank Guitar Guitar and the Roland rep who worked in there for all his amazing help in helping us make the right decision, I think. Uh, yeah, so that's definitely, can recommend that. It's a stunning piece of kit. 
And other than that, I finished finished my old house being sort of renovated and up and done, and I finished doing my aunt's house, which now goes on the market. So all that heavy work that was taking me away has now completed. This is the first week in I don't know how long that I've not been going up and down the road or doing the tip or doing wiring or doing some kind of activity that fills the entire day and puts you under pressure to get things done. So I'm taking this week as a bit of a relaxation before we start on this house where I'm going to have my brother roped into giving me a hand up here sorting out the office, uh, making a bedroom and then creating a workroom from our other bedroom where Susie currently is because it's all about her mobility is now improving and we want to create a bedroom now so that she has a workroom that she goes to and then she can go to bed in the evening which just brings more you know, more normality in and for those of you who listen I know because I've done it's been a busy week and I apologise for taking up all your time because you don't give a shit the biggest thing <laughs> that happened and this is just worth shouting about because I should shout about it was that for my son's birthday we arranged a trip to the cinema to take him to see Kuba and was it Kuba or Kubo and the two strings which is a stop motion animated movie which was nice it was very good but the big thing worth shouting about was it was the first film that we have been to in the last eight years as a family and in our entirety because we've got Susie in our wheelchair, we use the disabled access and other than a few little you know, you know, things like the disabled access space only has two seats in it which meant the rest of the you know, family had to sit somewhere else it was brilliant to be able to go out together and take full advantage of that and it now opens up a whole wealth of future cinema trips for me which is so? Does it? If it's been eight years, were you were you noticeably horrified by the price of tickets? Well, I've been going <laughs> to the cinema oh, okay. quite Fair a lot. Well, I mean, to be honest, not not as, as not as much as I would like. We used to do cinemas almost every at least once a month with the kids. We'd go to the cinema mm. and then go for a, a pizza hut. And sadly, with Susie's condition, she's just not been able to do that in a long time. So we're really making progress now and reducing the meds that she's on and, and hopefully we'll get her to a situation where this becomes the norm and going out can be as long or as short as she wants it to be as opposed to constantly watching the, the clock. It's taken her two days to recover from it, um, but now she's looking at her Miss Peregrine's home for the peculiar and she's desperate to see that film and just to be able to go and say, right, do you fancy going to cinema this weekend? is such a change in our lives mm. and such a positive thing that you know it deserves to be shouted about i think that's awesome so yeah that's uh that's been my last couple of weeks which have been pretty heavy um what i think we'll do before we jump into the main part of our show i'm just gonna have a look because i've got the wrong page up uh, oh, we've got a little bit of tonight's Lave Radio Network activity in game I think that's still a big unknown at the moment because we've not been paying attention to it at all we're, we're, be we're beatering to be honest tonight so yeah so I because think, of the yeah, I don't think the live the, the live game is sort of a bit on hold at the moment really isn't it Yes, I mean, we, well, I mean, it shouldn't be because we should be trying to at least maintain some kind of percentage of respectable level but no <laughs> not at all no um of course, Ben has prepared our episode notes for this week, and I've been a bit out of it uh, for a couple of weeks, and I'm looking at this in the development news. There doesn't seem to be any. Surely there must be some, or has it been all quiet with the, the run-up to EGX and Elite Meet? 
just Peter, I think we can talk about some of the stuff that the development team shared at um, I mean, that's why I'm sort of curious about in the beta if somebody was, able, and I'm not twitching anymore, colonies, but if someone was able to direct us to a good volcanic site because they were showing stuff off at EGX to do with things you can now find on planets. Okay, well, um, yeah, we, see, but. we'll leave off that until we, can, we come to EGX then because then we can kind of get into it in a kind of natural way and we'll just start with the newsletter and see what's going on in newsletter 143, which I have to say. After a quick scan read, which is generally what I find myself doing, other than the Guardians, which is obviously what 2.2 is titled, uh, uh, is the fact that they're still selling the beta. So if you're listening in or you're watching the Twitch and you're thinking, oh man, how do, how do I get to do that? I want to be in the beta access. Then get yourself over to the Frontier store and you can pick up a copy of the beta. And... The nice thing about that is, if I just double check and make sure exactly what it says, because the beta gives you access to the Guardians and all future updates in the Elite Dangerous Horizon seasons of expansion. So this is like a, a beta purchase to get you into all further expansions of this Horizon season. So that could be 2.3 and nothing else. It could be 2.3 and 2.4 and 2.5. It could be a whole year of beta access. So it's a bit of a gamble, but at 6 I think it's <laughs> worth it just to get in and have a look yeah. at these ships. It gives you a bit of a, a heads up on the technical side of things of being able to do what's coming in beta. I know that from Alpha, when the game launched, you kind of knew what you were doing and you went off and did it while everyone else was trying to work out how to dock or how to undock. So it can give you a slight advantage, but also, and this is the word of caution, and we've discussed this before on the show, it can ruin your experience of a feature and make you turn your nose up at it for the future. I don't know if anyone's found that. I mean... <coughs> I suppose we could ask who who still plays PowerPlay here. Listen to that diplomatic silence. silence. Just complete silence. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm not sure that the beta, but I think we all went into the beta for powers and PowerPlay and got stuck in, and then promptly decided not to get involved when it came in the launch of the main game. And that's not to say that it's not a it's not to say it's not a good feature. It's just not a particularly popular one with us. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest problem with it is I think I think we're I think as a as a late radio crew we are all quite time poor when it comes to playing Elite Dangerous. So we're most of us still at the stage where we're taking on in-game activity, which is generally increasing our rank and our wealth. And the thing about power play is certainly the last time I played it is it cost you money to take part in power play because you were going and doing these missions and there was you were having to pick up stuff and fly places and there was no kind of monetary reward for it. So I don't know I don't know if that's changed but I sort of I the way Powerplay was sort of sold to me was that it was a gameplay option for people who'd already got loads of money in game and didn't really need to earn anymore and were looking for more gameplay to move on to. But I sort of feel like as a struggling commander trying to still earn money to get up through the through the ships power play is a very costly way to spend my time yeah i'll make you sick on friday night i decide i, I destroyed three asps in a row to a grand total of about four million credits yeah just for kicks um just for kicks just for kicks uh, i do look at the the horizon highlights and i'm not sure if anyone's got a particular favorite picture from the beta that has been put in the newsletter um i have to say i do like the farting planet uh, which is 
a stunning picture and it is of course not a farting planet for real it's a geyser on a, a geyser or a geyser what do you guys reckon I, I would call it a geyser I'd call it a geyser although we'd also call people that go out in Halloween dressed up geysers yeah. unless they're from the recent <laughs> okay. in which case they're a geyser <laughs> Fair enough, right? Okay, we're going to be let's let's look at pronunciations, but it's a funny, it's a fantastic shot of this cloud of yellowy gas spewing forth. It's a geyser, says Ignatius J. Riley, and he must know because he knows everything. Uh, we've got the wonderful uh, fighter docking with a larger ship picture as well. Um, the st- Stunningly terrifying neutron stars. Has anyone seen one in, in real beta? Yes, yep. they are amazing. Adds a real sense of danger now. Uh, when you drop in on one, they you you know it. The first thing, like when I dropped in on a white dwarf, I about pooped. Okay. <laughs> the first thing you see is this massively bright little dot that's right in front of your face and just massive jets just flying everywhere and you're like, "Uh, what the heck is that?" It's 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 definitely a sight to behold. That's I have, for sure. I've seen a few people that have fallen foul of them and they don't take prisoners anymore. It's just a, a continual onslaught of gravitational oh, devastation on ships. And uh, I've seen a ship lose, you know, 60 or 70 odd percent of its hull before it manages to get free. So it does add an element of the environment that's very, very hostile now, whereas before, maybe not quite that hostile or terrifying. So uh, if you guys are waiting till this comes out, you are going to, well, all but poop. (laughs) Keep the the nappies ready. That's what I say. Yeah, but it's, I know people are going. They've gone looking for them, Ben. Well, I I do have one issue with the geysers. Not the geysers. The neutron stars or the white dwarfs. You know, when you fly through their ejector, it's saying elect. Uh, what was it? Electrical disturbance detected or something like that, or gravitational. It's one, I think it's gravitational yeah. problems or something F- like FSD that. FSD under it? gravitational strain, I think. Yeah. And it's like, no, the gravitational strain should be the same regardless where you are in the things. What you'll be, do- what you're doing is flying through a stream of of charged electrons or something like that. And yes, they could mess with your system, but it's got nothing to do with gravity. Right. So we're going to have pernickety police Ben in the studio tonight. That's right. Yeah, well, <laughs> what you know, would you expect? <laughs> sounds expect like you should get yourself a, a Reddit page and just you know. <laughs> <laughs> When hasn't a head of health and safety been pernickety? That's true, yes. Don't put both fingers in the socket. You have to be careful of what you're flying through, I agree. But, you know, we also know the difference between electricity and gravity. Gravity gets uh, you raised? Have you raised a ticket? It has been raised, and apparently it will be fixed soon. (laughs) it's, it's It's just a word change. Yes, it is just a word change in that there it should be. Uh, obviously, it'll make you sleep better at night. It will. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, some news of the streaming with uh, Ed and Sandro and uh, Ed and Adam. Uh, I watched today's earlier on stream at lunchtime with uh, Ed and Bo. And uh, my highlight from that was when they were discussing the new Heat uh, meta. Oh, well, say that. They were eating some of the hottest chilies. 
<laughs> they could. And all the time I'm just sitting there shaking my head thinking, you know what, no good can come from this. One, it's not Elite related. Two, it's not going to fit in with your biscuit review. But three, it's going to hurt. <laughs> just. <laughs> but four, it was funny as heck. It was, I think. And also, of course, it's probably the first time Bo has sworn uh, live, <laughs> live on a yes, stream. She dropped the F-bomb at lunchtime. Yes. I know, before Watershed, it's shocking. Um, but completely understandable. Yeah, you fucking well wouldn't hear us say that, would you? No, we don't swear. We never, we never no. swear. And it is after the Watershed that I checked that before I said out. Oh, okay, well, actually, I'm going to go over to Colin, because Colin, you've spent your time painting many of your miniatures. What do you think of the new pirate paint jobs? Oh, the, the new pirate paint jobs? Um, I actually quite like them. And I do need something that seems a little bit more aggressive on my Ferdelance than the than the standard colour kit, and I think a Ferdelance in one of those in one of those does really uh, say this is a ship not to be messed with. So I quite like them. So um, I might I might be persuaded to purchase one set. Do you not do you not think that they they kind of and you know they kind of look like a ship that was painted a nice colour and then a galactic intergalactic space bird dumped on them. No, I didn't. But now that you mention it... <laughs> it does... The skull does look a bit like a bird poo. Um, I like it. Actually, I think they're really cool. But actually, you know, would you say... I mean, the way that the game's going, these skins are getting more sophisticated and the detail seems to be staying in them, whereas if you can think about some of the first lots of skins that came out and then you put them on your ship and it just seemed to break the picture apart, these look pretty damn good Well, they've had a year to practice, haven't they? And they are, each pack, I think, is getting better than the pack before. Um, some of the packs that we saw at a certain event that we'll be seeing, we'll be talking about soon, I thought looked absolutely fantastic Yeah, so we're, we're almost kind of through the Newsletter. Now, the next thing was the Galnet Focus. Now, I do have a wonderful Galnet Digest by Commander Witherspoon that I'll play out at the end of the show, which will go through a lot of the updates and things that have been going on in the game. And it's definitely worth listening to because it's quite clear. Um, I don't know, have you guys managed to get back into Galnet yourselves yet, other than through some kind of, um, you know, namby pamby, mummy, holdy handy, take you through it? Um, I've, I'm full of Galnet all the time, mostly because there's an app on my phone which which strips it out, and I can keep up to date with it. Because it has been. That's what I need. <laughs> yes, yeah, we only doesn't. Well, if you if you're not, then of course you can always listen to Mr. Witherspoon and his Galnet Digest. He likes to sort of give you the the sort of what would you call it the feeling around the news, you know, as if digested, chewed up and then slightly softly placed in your mouth so that you don't have to chew it. Uh, you just have to swallow and enjoy. I think Ah, uh, regurgitated, lovely. <laughs> yeah, just regurgitated news. They're, they're kind of nice, uh, <laughs> easy to swallow. And some of the stuff in it has been quite funny. I do like the fact that, you know, uh, one of the leaders goes missing, that was supposedly abducted by aliens, and then returns, quoting that we're all heading down the road making the same mistakes and destined for disaster. And these wonderful wings, as we start seeing the, the wind up and the, the readiness for our first sort of first contact. Uh, 
uh, of Elite Dangerous. And then you've got the other side of things with the wonderful developments out by Jax as we start to get stations being built and a second bubble for us all to start calling home. Which, you know, it is one of those things that does raise a question. When you see your neighbour and they're not moving home, but they're building another house, sort of, 50 to 60 yards down the road it does make you a bit unsettled as to what they know is going to happen at the current house or is that just me uh, as I've said before I, I have a feeling something bad's going to ha- happen out at Colonia once we're all invested in it do you think you don't think a case of it's somewhere for us all to have to run to I think it's going to be the other way around. I really do, because I can't see them blowing Earth up. Oh. I'd love to. I think it'd be awesome if they did blow Earth up, but I'm not sure I can see it. No, oh, that, that, I, mean, it, I mean, it could be that they're heading up for some kind of uh, massive, massive, uh, you know, storyline like that, where we then all jump. No, oh, that's Battlestar Galactica, isn't it? When we all jump in a car. <laughs> I was going to say, say, some disaster's going to happen that's going to reduce everyone's drive capacity by like ninety percent, and suddenly everyone's <laughs> max jump is going to be four light years, and we're going to have these two colonies. It'll be like Voyager. It'll take everyone seventy years to fly home. <laughs> uh, or like me, get halfway there and blow up. Yeah, blow up half would be good. <laughs> could be quite good you, fun. Could you imagine how the engine would cope? It can, it can handle about a hundred, maybe hundred and twenty-eight people in one instance. But if you have thousands of people at the same place, it'll have a meltdown. <laughs> so you're suggesting that the story frontier, when someone goes running to David Raven and goes, "Oh, David, David, I've got this amazing idea for what we can do," then it gets passed to likes of uh, Sandra, who looks at it and goes, "You kidding me on? That many people in one place? You're going to break the game? You think it's got that kind of policy of take it back and you know split it up a little bit? Let's let's have the aliens attacking in seven places rather than one." Actually, those kind of conversations, when it comes to these kind of games, they do happen. You, ha- you end up with a writer coming in and going, wow, I've got this fantastic idea. And the technical guys go, yeah, it's a fantastic idea, all right. And that'll cost an extra l- this much money to implement. And then the writer goes away and goes, oh, okay, I'll come up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's exciting, and that's what Galna It's definitely worth uh, listening to. So if you are still listening at the end of the show, after the end theme, I will hit you with this bit of a Galnet digest from the Commander Witherspoons. It is worth sticking around for. I know that um, Radio Sidewinder, who are currently on a fundraiser on their Patreon page, um, have their own Galnet feeds as well through their broadcasts. I haven't had a chance to hear how good they are. I love Commander Witherspoons enough that I don't feel the need to go anywhere else uh, you know when you've got steak at home or something like that <laughs> and then there's the community goal blog which is all very exciting and there's plenty of them and you know you can mm-hmm. look at them anyone doing any community goals at the moment or is it all just beta all just beta. Then, all uh, just beta, my friend. It's all just escape velocity for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that towards the community corner and find out what's when you know when we can expect episode three and and how things are going and how people can can get involved and and back you to help you get through it. Uh, let's see. There was comms chatter as well, which has some more beautiful and stunning stunning uh, screenshots, and and then that's pretty much it for the newsletter. Um, has anyone else got anything that I've not 
badgered to death uh, <laughs> from the newsletter that you think we should be um, highlighting? I'm I, do, I do say, like that image okay. of the uh, Imperial ship getting a deep insertion <laughs> with the uh, fighter coming back to rest. I do think that they've really nailed the, um, the the fighter landing bay on the ships. And I have to say that that shot of the the, the big Imperial ship with the little Imperial ship, that that's very well, that, that picture's very well taken. Yeah, I, I yeah. Think, did see that and think, yeah, that looks nice. And I've, I've seen it on someone's Twitch feed, having the, the, the fighter's dock, and it is... It does add that sense of, yeah, this is kick-ass, <laughs> which is not yeah. something we've had for a while, not since, you know, that, that first, uh, what was it, Zam- Zamka platform when the, the first Coriolis, was it that? Was, was the first one Zamka? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. First time flying through the docking bay and seeing all the station inside was yes. pretty cool. So it's not wow, very often but... we get that opportunity, but this one definitely, I think the fighters are definitely well up there. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, with the uh, the new station interiors, I'm having that same experience all over again, with all the new different um, economy types having a different station interiors. They're absolutely fantastic. They are nice, actually, and it's particularly nice when you log into Beta for the first time, and the station looks completely different than when you landed on it. Because <laughs> you landed on it in live, and then you've opened it in Beta, and it's like, oh, they've remodelled in here. There's all these green things everywhere. Have you seen the Hutton orbital now? It's now a Coriolis, which is a bug. Yeah. It is a bug. <laughs> so we have raised that. Well, how did that happen? Oh, no, that's wrong. You're not going to have that. Ah, ah. You should have left it. <laughs> yeah, See, the number of you that go there, it should be massive by now, isn't it? Isn't Hutton orbital truckers the biggest economy in the game or something? should be if it isn't. I don't know. I think there's some that are, you know, there's some other groups that were, you know, the, that have done really, really well. Um, and in fact, I'm quite excited about the fact that you know we've got that rise to power to happen yet, and, and see what happens when. Have I missed that? I might have slept through. You missed it. Um, <laughs> how's it going for the power? Uh, well, like I said, they've they've, um, they've shown the avatar, um, or the new avatar for the the new power that's coming in. Basically, it ah. just looks like a. Um, oh, I, I describe it very, very uh, Stalin-like <laughs> brick of a man. A serious icon, then. That's what we're talking about. Then a serious, oh, yeah. a serious man, the big man. That's what it is, the big man. So I've not missed it yet. I was, I was concerned that in the time that I'd, you know, been away, that the powers had been released and they'd, they'd taken to the game. So they've got a pretty huge group as well. And there's a number of other player groups out there that have, you know, maybe in their sort of high tens to twenties systems under their control. We just can't stop expanding. And I think the Hutton's currently occupies twelve systems, which is just ridiculous. Um, and it just keeps happening. It's just, you know, it's bizarre, but uh, I'm not sure we've got the biggest economy, but we certainly have got an awful lot of play, people that are mad enough to take part in our crazy events, of which we've got another couple coming up this weekend. Um, right, well, we're finishing the newsletter. We'll come on to EGX, which obviously, if you've been keeping your eye on the RSS feed, uh, our very own commander, Aid Levice, has been doing a fantastically stellar job of bringing us bites and tasters from the EGX event so if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to them then do get onto our laveradio.com website or if you're on iTunes you'll find them there as well and have a look and have a listen to those but we're going to go into EGX 
with Ben in a second. But first, we have a question, which is for you, Chris. Um, <laughs> what's quite funny is this person's driving, so he's spoken and done sort of like speech to text for this question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you see it? So, is it a question for Commander Thing? Commander Thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. So he's I wondering. Now, now seems like, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, now seems like a good opportunity to say that if you, if you like asking me questions, um, a lot of the uh, patrons on Patreon uh, get the chance to have a Q&A with me uh, every week <laughs> and after every episode. Um, so if you do like to do this sort of thing, do do uh, do back the Patreon and uh, you can hang out with me every Sunday night. Um, but to answer your specific question tonight, uh, yes, I do know the entire story of Escape Velocity. Um, uh, I, I Sorry, the... That's not strictly true. Um, so, uh, J. Michael Strakinski, uh, who wrote Babylon 5, claims that throughout the entire production of Babylon 5, he had all five series in a folder on his on his shelf. Um, I'm not quite there. Uh, I don't have it all written down, but I definitely know... I definitely know what the story is and I know where it's going. When you actually come to the specifics of writing a, a series or writing an episode, other stuff happens. Um, I mean, I will be totally honest, most of season two took me in a direction with Escape Velocity that I didn't initially expect to go. Um, all I really knew about series two was that I wanted to go out to the frontier a bit more and discover a bit more about um, Fane's background and history um and i also had this loose framework originally that season one was going to be kind of based around empire characters season two was going to be based around alliance characters and season three was going to be based around federation characters and that that sort of didn't work out but there's there's elements of it um, and it's partly because the alliance isn't very big in in um, the, the frontier timeline when this is set. So for those of you who may have missed it, Escape Velocity is set in uh, the sort of 3240s. Um, but yeah, so I, I know where the story is going. I know how it's going to end. Um, I know, you know, what's going on with the things the characters are heading towards. But actually the, the specific detail of how that story is going to be told there's, there's still a lot to work out but i mean it's it's because you have to sit and actually construct episodes that work and um, a story arc that works but i you know it's it's probably it's probably a mix of both i'm certainly not making it up as i go along because the problem with getting it in getting into narrative debt as it's called is that like all forms of debt narrative debt is much less fun to pay off than it is to get into um so i think you need to pick a point and for me it was really the end of series one series one i kind of let it take me in whatever direction it wanted to go and then after series one established everything i from that point on i was working towards you know actually resolving resolving the plot so uh yeah it, it, it is it is known in my head that, that question brings back that picture you shared of your studio with all the cards up for the plot yeah. lines and the story arcs for the escape velocity yeah. we all try to zoom in and try and see yeah. <laughs> if we can find any clues um but yes well, that's you... a really... yeah that is that is a really good example though because actually of all those cards that went up on the wall i had cards up for series two 
And then what I did was when I was plotting series two, I moved out of it all the ideas I had that I wanted to use for series three. And actually, now I've come to series three, an awful lot of those things that I originally thought I'd use for series three, most of them have been scrapped. You know, they're just not, they're things that I thought would be a good idea at the time, but actually now having much longer, i.e. two years, to think about series three, I'm doing something slightly different with series three than I originally planned. Um, partly because I've realised it'll take more than six episodes to wrap up the whole story, but also partly because I've realised there are better ways of telling the big story that I want to tell. Excellent. Well, this seems like as good a time as leaving it to the end then. Uh, for all those people who are <laughs> listening, uh, first of all, we can you can get to Escape Velocity by going to laveradio.com and clicking on Escape Velocity, or go to escapevelocity.laveradio.com and it'll take you straight in. To, you can find the RSS feed there, add it to your podcast, go to iTunes, subscribe to it, give it feedback, whatever you want to do. But how does somebody become a Patreon, Chris? Okay, um, so the series is produced by by backers it's kind of like kickstarter except your support is is ongoing uh, and what that typically means in practical terms is that uh, you know uh, hopefully your uh, pledges are, are a lot lower <laughs> than they might necessarily be for kickstarter and um, the idea being that basically i take a payment every time an episode is released and some patreon campaigns are done on a monthly basis but to be honest from when we started the patreon if i'd done that i'd have had 12 months worth of money from people and not actually having having released anything so i didn't i i could see that coming and i knew it wouldn't be fair so i do it on a um per release basis um and basically yeah the so you know it's the series is made by, by patrons a uh, bunch of people support a certain amount of money um you know each time and they're unlike kickstarter there are different pledge levels so uh the very basic thing you can just kind of like basically tip me a dollar per episode uh, which is great and i massively appreciate that uh, for the four dollars and up people um i basically send you a a copy of the episode at a much higher level of compression because obviously just for general podcasting and downloading to your phone we send stuff out at 128 uh, kilobits um and uh for the 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 one that gets sent out to backers is 320, which is as close as MP3 gets to being uncompressed. Um, and then after that, I don't know, I'm not sure about the pleasure levels at the top of my head. Uh, so at the, I, I could actually bring up the website. So yes, if you go to patreon.com, so that's Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. And... Um, uh, I will. I'll, I'll just walk you very quickly through the pledge levels because there's some cool stuff. If anybody can hear the sounds of my scanner in the background, that's because one of the pledge levels is I send the backers a copy of the script. So I send them a PDF just because that's easy reading. I also send them. I basically take my paper copy that I've been scrawling on throughout production, and then I scan it back in, and I send people the images of the scanned copy. Um, and then and then there's a backer who shall remain nameless who um, gets all the actual paper scripts. Uh, so at $6, you can basically take part in... I've got a private group um, for Escape Lossy called Elias Thane. Um, so at the moment during the series, I've been arranging sort of in-game events for people to make, to, to come in and join in with. And what we're sort of doing is we're creating a new 
emergent escape velocity plot meta that's taking place in the sort of current timeline of Elite Dangerous. So that's that's really good fun to do. And, and the, the people I've, I've had on there, it's been really great just doing some kind of role playing with people as Thane uh, and doing some different stuff. Um, also, at the $6 level, you get like a, it's not really like a CD inlay, but you get like a, a little um, sort of five or six page um, document that's just basically me talking about the episode. It's got profiles to do with the cast and characters. It's got photos of the actors and things like that in it. So it's just a nice, it's a bit like a CD inlay basically of the episode, uh, but digitally uh, at the $8 level, you get invited to the, um, the private viewings. So what I basically do is the episodes go out live on a Sunday night. Um, that goes out on live radio, but also on a private YouTube event um the episode also goes out live and i hang out with the backers in like a private chat room and as they're listening to the episode they can ask me questions about the episode and then i do like a webcam q a uh for about half an hour to an hour after the episode that's really good fun people have great questions and we we sort of really pick the episode apart and talk about um just aspects of the episode that really interested people um there was at the $8 level, if you support the entire series at $8 per episode, the option of at the end of it getting like a physical USB stick with the Escape Velocity artwork on it and all the episodes in like a really high quality format. Um, I've obviously had to shut that at the moment because the the series basically, there aren't enough episodes left to take part in that. Um, but I am looking at a way that we might be able to make those USB cards available to people towards the end of the series uh, as like a like a one-off pledge thing but i'm just trying to work that out um but you can still get in the eight dollar you can still get in the eight dollar thing for the um for the private viewings and the the, the q and a's and also on the episodes between each week what i do is i do a stream on the sunday night and i actually um edit an episode of escape velocity live so i talk people through a particular aspect of the episode or a particular aspect of what i'm trying to produce um and uh, again, people can ask me questions while I'm doing that. And it's really just about showing people how I work on Escape Velocity. Um, I sort of feel like I'm talking a lot. If anyone has any questions or want to kind of jump in, feel no, free. No, no I tell um, you, were just, you were, you're doing such a good job of, you know, exactly what we're, we were asking. And it's a great <laughs> opportunity to gain, get some more people that have maybe not heard Escape Velocity to, to, to listen to it because it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's more. There's more levels. So, so ten dollars or more, you basically get like a little digital file with behind-the-scenes photos and um, audio extras. So things like outtakes, I, I save out because I obviously just leave the desk recording when I'm working on Escape Velocity. So I save out some sections of me giving the actors directing on certain scenes. Um, yeah, there's outtakes in there. There's sometimes little bits of video I've shot on my phone. Um, and thirteen dollars or more—that's that's getting we're getting into hugely generous territory here. Um, but that's basically where I send out people the the PDFs of the script, and I also send out the scanned copies of the paper script with all my notes on it. Um, and then there's there's much higher stuff. These now these higher ones—they're designed that someone will back it for one episode and then kind of not carry on at that level. Um, so you can get like a player group advert. So anyone who's heard the first two episodes, first episode we had a group for the Phoenix group, sorry, an, an advert for the Phoenix group. Second episode, one's just gone out. We had a group, we had an episode four, a null. Um, this week we actually, so in the next episode, um, we don't actually have anyone in that player group advert slot. Um, 
there's there is a particular group who've been very generous in their support so they might get a free advert <laughs> because they've been they've been throwing money at the patreon which is lovely um plus we've also got chris carpenter's charity bike ride to advertise uh, and i'm very keen to to give that a shout out on escape velocity as well um so we might be sorted for that but if anybody wants to jump in now and take the 40 dollars slot basically after we do the paid post for the episode you then drop out of that slot and what i'll do is work with you I say work with you. It is mostly me doing the work, but I just like to get your ideas. Um, I put together like a like a sixty second audio trailer for your player group, and then that goes on the beginning of the episode and goes out to all the listeners. Um, there's a fifty dollar tier which people seem to be sitting on. <laughs> it's been the same people just using it. Um, there's there's an opportunity to kind of name an episode in the upcoming character. Um, so that's where if you listen to the did you, you listen name a character in an upcoming episode? Yes. Thought you did. So it's done an episode <laughs> in advance. So what did I say? You said name an episode <laughs> in an upcoming tar- character. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Name a character. <laughs> so, I was just um, wondering, Elf, I think possibly when... Sorry. Sorry, Chris. No, I was going to say, possibly when you take payment for your next episode, you might find some movement as people go, oh, shit, <laughs> self-logged at that yeah. level. <laughs> I have been writing to people to say you do know you're still in this tier, and um, they just they're just not moving at the moment, so that's fine. Um, and then there's one there that I might need to close because there's problems with it. Because <laughs> um, there's a, there's a seventy five dollar level, which is basically whoever pitches at that level can kind of suggest a something that happens in a plot and there's obviously only a limited number of those i can accommodate so having taken two of those already i don't know how many more i can accommodate i'll have to sit and think about that what were you thinking what were you thinking <laughs> don't let people tell you storylines oh that's a recipe no, for disaster you know, people have ideas people have to send me things all the time and say oh you know you could do this you could do that and i just thought actually if someone's got a really burning idea for an adventure they would like the escape velocity crew to go on um, the difficulty is, of course, because the series is produced so much up front, these st- episode ideas are obviously going to be ones that are made in the future. So it's kind of a little bit me working in advance, but it was been, you know, it's been useful to kind of kickstart the budget for this series. But I think that's one that will have to be phased out. Um, and then at the, the yeah, I mean, like I say, there's the hundred dollar one, which is the actual physical script. Uh, and the USB stick and all that sort of thing. So that's basically, that's the Patreon. Sorry, I feel like I've been talking about the Patreon for ages. Um, but I do want to impress on people so much that as far as I'm concerned, it is it is the patrons on Patreon who have made this series happen. And this series wouldn't have happened without people's you know financial support. Um, we are making a podcast, which is we are basically giving away for free. Uh, so I kind of look at it you know, when I'm making the series, it is basically my patrons that I'm making it for. If everybody else who listens to it likes it, that's absolutely fantastic and I love it. But as far as I'm concerned, it's the patrons who've paid for it. So, you know, they're, they're my kind of target audience and what they like, I will, you know, continue to do. Um, and it's just, you know, it's great to have people support. But it's also, I mean, more than that, it, it, it's really nice having a kind of community of people that really love Escape Velocity and who get involved in things like the private group play and they come along for the edit sessions and the Q and A and it's, and it's nice to be able to send people all the kind of nice extra stuff like the booklets and the, um, the, the outtakes and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I've, been, I've seen some of the pictures and stuff as, as being one of the patrons. Uh, you've seen the pictures behind the scenes and some of the videos and the outtakes, which are brilliant. It just it actually makes you feel more involved, which is exactly what you're you're wanting yeah. people to so feel. I want so. To do. Watch us asking if all the seasons are free to listen to. Yes, you can get them say, on iTunes or go to laveradio.com and click on the Escape Velocity or go directly to escapevelocity.laveradio.com and you can find all of the episodes there, all three seasons, and you can listen to them at your leisure. And there's even an RSS link, so even if you don't have iTunes, even if you're on an Android phone, you can use the RSS link to basically get every new episode just delivered to your phone as soon as it's available. Right, well, we're going to get on with our next part because I think we have covered Escape Velocity as, as much as it deserves. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we've got Ben itching to, to rub my nose right in it um, about EGX and the fact that he went there. He went there on a press pass. How did you manage to sort of wangle that one, Ben? Because I guess originally it started out with Fozzer and were you there, Chris, going to EGX in Earl's Court? I didn't know. I didn't go. Um, it was definitely Fozzer, and I don't know who else was there. Was it not Lisa? I think it was Lisa Vu. Well, uh, no, it wasn't Lisa. Hmm. Okay, I remember her going to one. Anyway. You, you managed um, to wangle the off where... their coattails. Well, last year I wangled off the back of their coattails using them like, you know, hey, we, we've got this awesome podcast, awesome radio stream. Here's some press that we've done at your event in the past. You know, we get lots of people listen to us for some reason. You know, why don't I come along and do things as well? And, you know, last year they were good enough to say, yeah, okay, you come along and do that. And this year I went off and said, hey, guys, I was there last year. Can I come along again, please? Because, you know, I did lots and lots of editing and lots of recording and, you know, and hopefully it worked for you and it worked for me. And, you know, eventually they, they... there was a wee bit of issues with communication, but they eventually get round and said, yes, come along. We, we sent you an email out and it apparently got lost in the ether or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, at the last minute, I found out, yes, I can come along. Um, that was maybe about a month before the event. Um, I, so yeah. I did that and I've, you know, I'm, I'm t- obviously on the Thursday, Friday, you know, I have a 24 hour, 24 hour job. No, I have a 40 hour hour job that I have to, do so you know full-time job but after work on thursday friday i ran off to the nec and did something with well did a couple of awesome but more organized things whereby i i i got myself a a booked into a session for playing on the playstation vr which was considering the cost absolutely awesome um, you know, a PlayStation VR... What? How can you say, considering the... At no point when you're playing AR... VR... AR? Oh, artificial mm. reality. Excellent. <laughs> That's the new one. Yeah. But no, at no point when you're playing oh, VR... No, AR's augmented. Yeah, of, as well. at no point when you're playing it, though, do you suddenly go, oh, God, this is a bit shit, but it's only 50p, so considering that, this is awesome! No, I... You know, you know, I would say, yes, I actually do think, considering the cost, because... Like, you know, Google Cardboard costs you a couple of quid, but it's nothing on a Oculus Rift. You know, yeah. Trinus is awesome. I love Trinus. It's great, but it does not. it is not comparable to your £2,000 computer plus another £800 on an Oculus Rift. 
or uh, uh, HTC Vive, you know. But on the other hand, it's the cost of your phone and a piece of cardboard and a USB cable, which you've probably got. So you you can't compare the two. So yes, I think you can say considering the cost. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And um, you so considering the cost, <laughs> you stopped yes? people in the bathrooms as well, didn't you? Uh, well, I I did. I was when I walked in. <laughs> I you know I I kind of walked in and after being on the bus for a wee while and getting up to the NEC, I, I kind of needed a wee, as you do. You know, I, I, nothing wrong there, and I needed to freshen up and everything. So so I ran off to the little, the little commander's room. And on the way out of the little commander's room, I bumped into another commander. And I was like, oh, you're another commander. Have you been here today? Yes, I have. Can I please talk to you? Um, after I've gone for a wee. And I, I had and he did and we did. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I managed, I did, I kind of, his, his girlfriend or his partner also, even though she didn't want to get involved, he basically pulled her in as well. Because uh, she had some things that she's like, you know, really, she thought he should be talking about this. And she's like, no. But I shoved the microphone in front of her face anyway. And, you know, she did speak. So that was all right. Um, so anyway, back onto the PlayStation. Um, you know, the PlayStation, you're going to get changed basically from about 800 quid, I think it is. So, so you know, a good, what, two thirds of the cost? A good one third? No. Two thirds cheaper than a VR for the PC. Oh, God, crikey! Yeah, definitely. If you include all the hardware and upgrades that you might yeah. need to do, so um, yeah. And I know, but there's yeah. quite a few people that I it's know a, that are desperately waiting for it. So the fact that you've called it awesome will just make them yeah. even more problematic I've, to say no to. It is fan dabby dozy. Um, I played Battlezone in it, and. Yeah, I'd say the quality is somewhere between uh, CV1 and DK2. Yeah, it's not quite as crisp and as glorious as the CV1, but it's pretty damn good. Um, then I also had an, uh, it was a very, very VR-heavy con for me. <laughs> Uh, I also went off and I played around on a, like, basically like a walking thing for virtual reality. So it was basically ah. like a, a glide, gliding shoes that you kind of put on. So was you're on a, of, a, a... Is it kind of I, like a, a trampoline, but sort of domed, or was it flat? It was, I would say, ever so slightly... No, concave, like you're on the okay. inside of a circle, uh, or inside of inside of a sphere. Ever so slightly that, and it was a very low friction base, and then you had a whole load of teeny tiny ceramic tiles that were obviously nicely rounded off on your shoes. So in the consumer version that they sell to people and things, then you've got a nice pair of shoes. At the con, they gave us a pair of Crocs to put on, on over our shoes. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, say so it was bloody clever the way they're doing that because they're basically they're using a microphone to detect where you're talking. Um, and yeah. that 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 was awesome, but in my opinion, it's not quite there yet. 
you know, you want to be able to run forwards, run backwards, run side to side, jump up and down, and you know, treat it like you would anything that you're doing. And, and you need I, a groin um, attachment as well. Naturally, that's obviously the next thing that's missing. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I believe that's already there for something. Yeah, you would. That was at EGX. I don't think so, but. Every it was not the TGX, no. You've been so good and so kind to us, and you've given us a whole beautiful pile of EGX reports, which people can get to by going to layradio.com. What I want from you, and I want you to sort of, because obviously there was so much to see and do, and you, you gave a good sort of wander around, you gave it your best to try and get us the bits. What's your highlight from EGX? Right, my What's highlight from EGX, again, it's a virtual reality thing. Um... And this was actually by an ex-Frontier staffer uh, called Katie Good, I believe her name was. And you're, you're now making me dig up the name of this thing. Um, yeah, so is a thing called Unseen Diplomacy, which is a virtual reality experience at the moment. And you're, you're basically you're playing James Bond kind of idea, infiltrating somewhere to save the world. But even more so than, say, walking around an anaconda's cockpit or anything like that, you know, you're... I, I was in this environment, and even though the graphics were not that great, you know, it was all very, very flatly textured and things like that, I was... I crawled out of a, a wee... A wee um, what would I call it? Like a crawlway, basically, onto a grating... That was maybe about a foot wide, with a very, very big drop going down the way, a very, very big wall right next to me, and I was basically, I do not want to crawl out on, of this grating <laughs> onto this platform, oh, and I, yeah. I was shitting myself crawling out of that thing, um, and it, it, the sense of emotion, I think, especially because you're on the HCC Vive. So you you were in a you had the full freedom of motion. Uh, you had the two ones in your hands to represent this is my hand, and I can pick things up and I can unscrew stuff. I can catch satellites and throw them at the sun. Um, but the level of immersion that it tricked you into believing was great. I mean, this at the end of my demo. I was trying to figure something out, and I was like, well, I can see all these computers down there. And I, what I wanted to do was jump off the main platform to go and see if I can hack those computers to save the world. What I ended up doing is jumping into a wall because I wasn't meant to leave the platform while standing on. <laughs> uh, I've see that on video. Please tell me someone was videoing you. John Whitechise might have some video. I'm not sure. I don't think he uh, was, thankfully. Fortunately for you, uh, the, 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 the HTC is big enough that you wouldn't have broken your nose. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just on a side note, just on a side note, I mean, as a Hi. show, did you find that EGX was quite good? for sort of indie developers and indie games? Because one of the things I heard from people at the Elite Meet was that there weren't a lot of big studios or big titles there. This was an, this was an indie studio. This was, I think it's like there's only two people and they moved out of the London area down to Cornwall because, hey, we can. Um, <laughs> so that, that was an indie studio. There was 
there was. I mean, you had your Sony's, you had your Microsoft, you had your big boys. Okay. Um, there just wasn't a lot of news come out of EGX in comparison to, you know, something like Cologne or uh, Gamescom or, or E3. Like I've so I went. I was curious when I was on my way to Elite Me, so I did a search on my phone mm-hmm. and said EGX news, and the only thing that really came up for me on my feed was Planet Coaster. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I was at the Planet Coaster theme. I'm not sure if there's a lot of new things there or not, or newsworthy things. Um, I have to say, Frontier have been quite unlucky with their Planet Coaster reveals, because I remember that when they were announcing Planet Coaster first off, that unfortunately it was straight after the Alton Towers um, oh dear. disaster. And then this weekend at EGX, they announced that a new mode for... Um, planet coaster is the coasters flying off the tracks and smashing through the oh, crowd that's that's not a course, new mode no but they've well, not they, a new mode um, they've of yeah. course released all the press statements about the alton towers trial today oh, oh no dear's yeah, timing's yeah. been really unlucky but it was oh, one God. of the best yeah. videos uh, uh, in recent days on on youtube was that beautiful orchestrated music in that tastelessly poorly timed <laughs> video, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just watched that a little bit ago. It was great. Yeah, what I love about it is how I don't know if you notice at the end, all the peds after being bowled over, jump up and down, and they're like, "I'm here, I'm excited, and that was awesome." Yeah, well, obviously, you know, so, it's, it's not yeah, the Grand no, Theft no Auto. Yes, no NPCs were harmed, so that, that means it's mad yes. dog friendly. Right, so <laughs> thank you again. I have to say thank you on behalf of everybody as well, Ben, for your EGX reports because they are very good, so do check them out. We're going to jump on to one of the main things and the reason why we have our guest with us tonight, and then we're going to go on to chat about Elite Meat. Um, the reason why is because the Heat Meta is a big story at the moment, and you might be thinking, well, the heat meta? What the heck's the heat meta? And, you know, it's a very good question. And you know what? I wish I could answer that, but I can't. Which is why we brought Matthew on the show. Commander Paroxum, could you run us through what this hoo-ha is all about? Hey, heat meta. Easy explanation, insta-win button. Oh, right. Um, well, that was easy. Yeah. Right, you can yeah. join us next week and let... No, <laughs> Um, since 2.1 went live, uh, heat weapons have been a huge problem. They've been subjected to numerous nerfs over the course of the last couple of months, but it's still, it's still way overpowered. Um, especially with ships like mine, my primary combat ship is a Fertilance that can overheat itself without help from anybody else. And... So when you get into a conflict, say, with two or three people, and a couple of them are loaded up on heat weapons, well, you have absolutely no chance whatsoever. So a lot of the discussion here recently, especially in the 2.2 beta, has been how to balance heat. And I think some of the solutions that they are implementing should hopefully fix it. Um, I think heat was always meant more as a suppression tool than it was to be the insta-win button that it is right now. So, 
because yeah, it was it's one of these things where uh, from from what I've seen having read through the articles and had uh, tried to get my head around it the issue arises much the same as when you sort of stack weapons like missiles you can get six missiles at once which is obviously more harmful than one but with heat it was having such an effect with the stacked weapons that it was essentially cooking a ship to death within seconds and then if you add into that compounded stacking of heat weapons other ships with heat weapons at the same time you ended up with something that you could destroy the big ships that you shouldn't be able to and so frontier upon listening to shall we say um uh, feedback as opposed to whiners listening to feedback <laughs> from the elite community and have actually decided to do a couple of things to try to see if they can tweak it into such a way where the heat meta is a tool rather than the win button. Is that about right? Yeah, more or less. Um, with the missiles, uh, the pack hounds were the main culprit. Um, just like regular dumbfires or seekers could be extremely effective, especially when fired you know, more than one of them in quick succession. The pack hounds, the heat was being applied with every successive strike, not as the pack hound as a whole, but each missile acted as a refresh of the heat. So one salvo from heat from the pack hounds could take someone from idle heat at say 32% and just insta cook them at you know 180, 190 without any trouble whatsoever. So I'm actually looking at the uh, the forum post that Sandra Samarco put up for balancing the heat now. And I think the yeah, here we go. He, he finally updated his original post. Um, what they're doing now is they're implementing diminishing returns at a much lower level and capping the heat, uh, weaponized heat anyway, at 95%. So you can't actually overheat other ships to death through weaponized heat anymore, which is nice. Um, so now it's being turned into a suppression thing now, which is which is good. Because what was happening before is you'd take one salvo of pack hounds to the face, and the next thing you know, your weapons are gone, your thrusters are almost down completely, your FSD is gone. And your ship is just throwing chaff left and right because your chaff launchers are all screwed up. Let's see. I see you mean. Yes, I mean, it, it does. They've now got to the point where essentially what it does is it takes your uh, target's margin of free heat to a very narrow sort of 5, 10, 15% that they've got mm -hmm. in which to respond to boost, which will obviously take it way into the hundreds, and they've got to try and manage that with heat sinks. And again, it gives them an opportunity to get away, but in the process, they can actually cause themselves damage, and it might stop them from returning fire if they're equipped with beam weapons because they just don't have the space in their heat to be able to do that safely. And it, it does sound like it's a a way of tackling the heat meta. Do you think it's the right way? Because I think a lot of the community were just calling for a nerf uh, on the heat weapons, but do you think that they're going down the right line with this? Uh, I'd hesitate to say yes or no at this point because they haven't 
it hasn't hit the beta servers for us to really play with and test out yet. But just reading it, I'm going to say it looks like it could work because I don't think heat was ever meant to be the end-all weapon that it is right now. I think it was meant to be suppression. And, you know, San, you know, Smarco hasn't confirmed or denied that one way or the other. But, uh... It is. I mean, is it something you... Do you use it a lot yourself, the heat mechanism? No. Um, well, I didn't up until recently, and then I decided, a after being on the receiving end of a single... Class 3 multi-cannon that had thermal shock on it, and it was able to take my Fertilance from 33% idle heat to 140-some-odd in climbing in about four seconds on its own. So I decided to play with one of mine and see if it had the same effect on other people. And it does seem to affect them quite a bit, but it's not, as, it's not quite as lethal, so I think uh, the class size has something to do with that. But... I've tried to avoid it because it doesn't really take a whole lot of it doesn't really take a whole lot of skill to use, um, at least not in its current form on the live servers. And so you end up with ships that were never meant to be overly combat capable that are capable of taking down, you know, the the quote unquote pinnacle of combat ships, you know, like corvettes, anacondas, cutters, things that. By all rights, something like an adder should never in their lifetime be ever you know be able to take down on their own. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely needing nerfed or sorry, nerfed or adjusted or what did they call it again? Was it rebalanced? Wasn't it rebalanced? Yeah, rebalance. So okay, excellent. Well, well, maybe if we see any more developments in the heat meter, we'll need to bring you back on for sort of follow up. And if you find any information you think's uh, pertinent, then let us know so we can have you back on to to share that. Oh, Ben! Ben! Ben has just dropped a heatsink. What is it, Ben? Paro, haven't they also given some boosts to heatsinks and something else as well? So that with the heatsinks in beta they're making it harder or something like that for you to get more heat or something? Yeah, there's actually there's a, a resistance that's been added. So the heat sinks, one, they pretty much kill all the heat that you've been building up. And they also apply a massive heat resistance while the heat sink is active. So you activate a heat sink, not only does it take you down to zero, you know, you know zero percent for however long this, the thing stays active, but it's also dang near impossible to heat you up at all while it's active. So someone could actively be applying you know, heat damage to you over and over and over again, but you're going to see your heat stay at 0%. And also, the lower your ship's natural uh, heat state is without heat sinks, you're also gaining a resistance to heat in itself. So... Now, basically, what's happening is is your your uh, colder running ships have a natural defense against heat. So, whereas someone attacks you with it, it's going to take a lot longer for that heat to build up. So, you actually have some you have some some wiggle room in there if you build your ship correctly without ever having to use heat sinks, and it kind of, it's kind of a natural defense against it. So do you think this could be a uh, reemergence then maybe of stealth ships to combat the heat meta? Possibly. 
Um, it really kind of depends on the this next go round with <laughs> the the heat meta in beta. So I will see. It's entirely possible. But you also have to think with the uh, stealth rounds, with the with the stealth ships, that there is the emissive munitions now. So if you get someone that's any good yes. with fixed weapons whatsoever, you might not be so lucky. So, <laughs> Skill yeah, so that, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, there's something to keep in mind. They always wanted it to be that way that a skilled pilot can do a lot more damage than a kitted out pilot. So, yeah, it's a movement in the right direction. It does sound. It sounds really interesting to sort of see. Unfortunately, I have to say that I've not been in the wrong end of a heat weapon yet. Um, but then again, they'd have to find me, and then again, I'd have to be in a ship that's no longer scattered across the universe. Um, but thank you very much for <laughs> for coming on and and taking us through that. It's really really helpful. And yeah, it, uh, were you? At Elite Meet. No, I'm I'm stuck here in the states. So that's just that's just you know it's just purely a logistical thing that I'm in Scotland. I yeah. didn't make it either, so I've got no excuse <laughs> either. Um, at least I'm in the same sort of a, a bit of a bit of concrete. Um, so that's what we're going to go and talk about now, because obviously these three other so-and-sos in here were at Elite Meat with the free beer and the free drink and the free food and, and, and I'm not surprised if that when we go to go through this whole section that they can't remember any of anything that happened at Elite Meat <laughs> but we'll see so um, you, you, not... say, you say that Grant you say that Grant but some of us were there with a with the free bar and the free buffet were driving and on a diet so mm. uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it didn't work out necessarily as well as you think it might have done <laughs> Well, Chris, so in, we'll, we'll go to you and, uh, and hear what would happened at Elite Meet, because obviously it was the Frontier uh, meet-up for the EGX event down in Birmingham. Um, what happened? Yeah. It was really good. I, I, to be honest, I was a little bit apprehensive going, because it was in... They'd picked a venue that was in the middle of the bit of Birmingham I like, lovingly like to call Murdersville, Um but my wife confidently tells me that I refer to any bit of Birmingham that isn't like the dead centre of it as Murdersville. So uh, that's fine. It's basically the, the sort of industrial building under the sort of railway arches out towards Digbeth. Um, so when you look at it on Google Street View, I'll be honest, it doesn't fill you with confidence. But actually, it was kind of a cool industrial venue. Um, I think just to, I think just to start with a slight, the, the main negative, we'll get the main negative out of the way and then we won't talk about it again. Um they had real sound problems with their PA. I think it was a combination of maybe the, the PA not being quite set up right, but it was also just acoustically not a very good venue. So there were lots of people um, standing in the crowd that just couldn't hear what they were saying, either on the videos or on the microphones. That said, I mean, it's just a, it's another reminder, I think, of just how fantastic Frontier are. I think it's tricky for us on this show sometimes because we, I think we come across occasionally as um, anti-Frontier because when when stuff happens with the game or when Frontier do stuff, obviously it's our position as being kind of people that discuss what's going on in Elite. We tend to sort of challenge Frontier's decisions really for, you know, obviously because we want to debate, we want to debate the issue. But actually, you know, Frontier are, are absolutely brilliant. And I think Saturday night just demonstrated again just how brilliant 
frontier are with their community. I mean, one of the highlights for me was that they kind of made a joke from it. Um, Ed was wearing all of the T-shirts of all of the player groups all at once, and then he was gradually stripping them off. But actually, the, the, the key thing about that, obviously there was the good visual gag, but actually Ed did a one-sheet PowerPoint presentation on a lot of the major player groups. And it's, you know, it's really nice for the games companies to kind of reflect the way people are playing the game. And the different, that was always came across with that player group section, was that Frontier are aware of all the different ways all those different groups play the thing. So whether it's the Hammers of Slough doing things like their, whatever they, whatever it is they do with goats and, you know, <laughs> Sidewind Hold on a minute. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't leave it like that. Don't you remember the goat protest? That was the Hammers of Slough, wasn't it? Yeah, goat the protest, protest goat. is somewhat more specific than the things that they do with goats. <laughs> That's okay. a little open-ended here. My, my mind is taking that places. No, no, no. Okay. There was the goat protest um, because Frontier, <laughs> in one of the updates, Frontier were changing the way illegality was happening inside stations and the Hammers of Slough were behind a massive protest um, which was to do with they wanted to be able to still bash um sidewinders around inside the station so frontier i think i think they did make some kind of optional changes in there um yeah that was the report and for, some reason, for some reason I, I have to say i wasn't completely au fait with it but for some reason the figurehead of this um this protest was a goat so don't i don't, I don't even know um <laughs> but yeah but i mean you know whether it's them or whether it's like canon or whether it's the first great expedition people you know they gave a really kind of loving tribute to what's great about each of those groups and what was particularly funny was they came up with one he had a t-shirt for the smiling dog crew and the powerpoint <laughs> thing came up like all the others saying you know should you know what, what is it for me should i join the smiling dog crew and the only point on the powerpoint was just no <laughs> and then we just moved on <laughs> it was a very funny moment um, but yeah, there were lots of Hutton truckers there. Yeah, shouting there was for a lot the of pantomime booing for the for the yeah. smiling dog crew, wasn't there? There was. It was pretty funny. But I think you know, it was in terms of a community get together and just frontier again being fantastically approachable um, with their with the fans and with the community and with um, uh, just the, the way they engage. I think it was. I think it was a really good event. And, and if anything. Um, you know, I almost felt a bit sorry for Frontier that during the Q&A, there were one or two people who were using the opportunity to frame questions either in a slightly rude or antagonistic way uh, or kind of, you know, query stuff that I don't think was really relevant for that kind of uh, event forum. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, I, yeah, it was a great event. And, it's you know, it's always lovely to catch up, particularly um, Zach and Ed, uh, because they're such great guys to hang out with. Um, from my point of view, it's just lovely to meet up with them again and chat away. But I mean, Michael Brooks was there, Sandy Samarco was there, oh, dreadful names. I think Bo was there, but I don't think I recognised yeah, her as Bo. Yeah, I think she looks different on the streams. Um, <laughs> and uh, who's the um, the art guy? <laughs> You've lost me there. Um, Gregory. Ooh, yeah, I can't someone. Isn't someone Gregory? <laughs> I've, I've, I've blanked on a couple of developers' names, but I mean, there were, there were a bunch of them there. They did a Q&A, you know, and they were chatting with people afterwards, and it was just, okay. yeah, it was just great. So, Colin, um, were, you, were you there for the, the Q&A then as well, then? Yeah, I was there for, for the, the whole thing. Um, the Q&A, 
it it was a bit of a a mess with with the sound um but also i think frontier have got a little little bit of themselves to blame because it was a little bit later on the night and the free bar had certainly been flowing you <laughs> you asked crash <laughs> about the amount of red bull he was uh, downing uh, and mixing with stuff it was it was um quite an experience uh yeah the q and a the the sound kind of the guys up on the stage couldn't hear the questions. The questions, the people couldn't hear what the answers were. So you can imagine it, it got a little bit uh, difficult to, to follow. Um, we did have uh, uh, the questions that we were able to understand were, were quite... Um, well, as, as Chris said, there was a couple of that were, were framed a bit odd. Uh, one of which... Um, Brings me on to another point: is that Adam the 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 question was originally supposed to be now that No Man's Sky is not really taken off the well it has on the PlayStation, the PlayStation Four. What are the chances of um, it coming uh, Elite Dangerous coming to the PlayStation? Uh, unfortunately, because of the the mix up with the sound, um, it sounds as if they were slagging off No Man's Sky, which wasn't really the case. But Adam. Woods did reply to that by saying we will never slag off another developer um, uh, who's developing space games. So um, Hello Games or uh, CIS who's doing Star Citizen, they, don't, they won't have a, a bad thing to say about them because they, as far as the Frontier crew are concerned, um, they're all in the same band together bringing back the space genre. Well, yeah, I mean, um, to, to be honest, it's, it's a... It's probably the one player group that you can have a pop at and not worry too much because there's not many of them left. <laughs> yes, well, that's one way of looking at things. Um, well, <laughs> the first question that we, we had was uh, the inevitable one about ship names, of which there was a surprising no comment. from. Yeah, that was my question. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, again, I think there was problems with the sound. What I specifically asked them was, because back in the DDF days, there was a proposal around what they called um, ship reputation. So the idea being that you can name your ship and that that ship, as you're flying it around and you're building up reputation, that actually some of your reputation rubs off on your ship. And then the idea is if you sell your ship into the market another player could buy your ship and actually gain some of your reputation so a good example of the way that works is the millennium falcon everybody knows the millennium falcon it's actually the, the ship is of colin will probably correct me on this it's a y1300 corellian freighter is that right <laughs> it is correct yes yeah but the but the it's not the millennium falcon the millennium falcon is the name given to a YT-1300, but the Millennium Falcon is known. So like The Force Awakens kind of proves, if you're flying the Millennium Falcon, it's cool kind of rubs off on you, even if you're a new character, even if you're a newbie. It's, so again, at the time of the DDF, we were talking about pirate ships. So if you're like, you know, talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, if you're standing at the helm of the Black Pearl, that ship commands a certain cachet and a certain reputation and that's what they were talking about in the ddf implementing was that you would you would name your ship you would go and do loads of exploits with it and then when you sold that ship that actually it would provide you with certain it would provide the next owner with certain 
you know, buffs. So what I was really asking them was, because people keep asking about the ability to name your own ship, and they, they keep saying, well, it's on the list. And what I wanted to know is, is it on the list as just like a little, um, like a, a, a little kind of presentation thing, i.e. you just give your ship a label that displays to other pilots, or are they holding out for the full ship reputation DDF proposal? And that was where Michael Brooks then said, no comment. So I think I'd, I'd, you can take that so many ways. It might be that they don't want to be seen as saying, actually, we, we're not really interested in that DDF proposal anymore. Or it might be their way of saying they are actually still thinking about, you know, that whole ship reputation feature. Um, difficult to say. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And the other things that the other topics that were... Uh, were covered was atmospheric landings. Uh, they're not there yet, but they were experimenting with them. Um, the first person, they're not prepared to talk about that at all. Um, the multi-crew, which is coming, you will be able to see your crew in multi-crew because uh, there's going to be multiple cameras that will show where your, uh, your crew is in different locations of the ship. Something about a broken anaconda? Does anyone... Yeah, someone was one? asking if they were going to fix the anaconda and the, the devs were kind of like, what's wrong with the anaconda? And this, this, the, the player seemed to be under the impression that everyone understood that the anaconda was broken. Um, which I think is a valid point about if you see something in the game and you think, Oh, this is broken. Everybody knows it's broken. Do send a ticket to frontier because if everybody assumes that everyone else has reported it, frontier might not know <laughs> but this guy was saying that there were bad polygons on the, the cockpit of the anaconda or something and you know so if, if you've experienced that and you've managed to screenshot it please do send it to frontier because it sounds like they are not necessarily aware that there is a problem with the anaconda model if there is one um but you know who knows yeah there's another thing about the a graphical glitch about the double barnacles uh, dev team weren't aware of that, so they're they're, they're going to be investigating that one. Uh, then we yeah, this... sorry, I, I think I've written these notes slightly badly for you. I do apologise. There, there was a question from the audience of whether Frontier could give people a clue about what the double barnacles meant, and Frontier kind of looked at each other and were like, "What double barnacles?" Um, so it might not be intentional. <laughs> yeah, but there was <laughs> there was that follow up question about the generation ships. Someone asked specific questions about the generation ship, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Now, people, one of the themes of Horizons is, are these massive generation ships that uh, they've been highlighting in the news? Uh, and someone was cheeky enough to say, are they actually in 2.1? Or, or are we wasting our time looking for them? To which the answer was, they're not in there yet. So if you are looking for a generation ship... At the moment, don't bother. <laughs> but yeah. going on, and, inter and interestingly enough, unless you're um, unless they've changed their mind, the generation ships won't be that far from Sol. Because when I was writing my story for the Tales from the Frontier uh, anthology, uh, so if, you have, if, if people are, if people are new to, to, to stuff, I, I wrote a short story called Children of Zeus. Um, and uh, I was talking with Michael about uh, where where generation ships might have got to uh, in the uh, galaxy. And actually, you know, based on Michael's understanding of the types of drives the generation ships would have, um, they wouldn't have got as far from Sol as you might think. They're certainly not out in the black. They'll be... Um, 
can anyone remember the name of my system? <laughs> I always have to find it by searching for the name of the planet. But I think I'm um, it was LCT right. 14597 or something like that. that isn't that um, right far out on the left spiral arm or something? No, no, it's only stupid. about 200 light years from Earth. Oh, is it? Yeah. So I think everything, all the generation ships, when they are out there, will be within... Because we're only talking about, we're talking about sub-light ships having been travelling since about the, I think it was the 2600s. Oh, right. Yeah, so they will be so limited. So we're talking then. about sub-light ships travelling for just over a thousand years. <laughs> they've, not, so- they've not got far. I'm sorry, I've just had this horrible thought of this generation ship that's been ploughing through the uh, the black for absolutely thousands, uh, hundreds of years just to appear outside Hutton Orbital and seeing all these <laughs> absolute nutters going... Oh, oh, Hutton oh. Orbital is only... what? How far is it from Tarfus Centauri? What, four light years or something like that? It's not far. I think I was overtaken by a generation <laughs> ship on my way to Jackson Walker. <laughs> That's, that's a real Douglas Adams thing, isn't it? That there's no point sending out any sub-light ships anywhere because by the time they get there, we'll have invented faster than light travel and probably beat them there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no point at all. Yeah, um, apart from that, yeah, there was a question about um, ED on um, the PS4. and We had about hints... For about more alien stuff, to which Michael said, you can't prove any of it is alien. Uh, and a question about the Costa and Elite crossover technology. <laughs> but, oh, I love the idea of that. That's just like fun. Yeah. The one thing that... Um, I mean, do we want to discuss the little teaser videos that we saw? Definitely. I just wish we could find them to, to share them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were. There were... The official YouTube? No, they're That's not. Nice. I could try. They're not, they're not yeah, on the yeah. official one. No. no. I'd love. I, well, I would just like to say, they did, while you're looking for that, they did a beautiful promotional video with all the. Uh, well, not all, but a load of the Frontier staff coming up and just basically gushing all over the community and just saying what things they love about the community and what their favorite thing is. And I thought it was a lovely, it was almost a 20 minute long video of the Frontier staffers saying how great we are, which I, I, I like that. It was nice. Warmed your cockles. Yeah, but I think I embarrassed a couple of the devs because I went up to them and I said, oh, did you guys film that video today? And they were like, no, 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 we've been filming it over the course of a couple of weeks. I said, all right, because I think three of you are wearing the same outfit tonight that you were wearing in the video. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice way to call them on it, Chris. Just to just to rub that one in, eh? <laughs> so, um, were there any? I mean, this is obviously completely irrelevant. And on a side note, but were there any or many casualties to the bar? Uh, we'll put it this way: we had a few commanders who were dancing in erratic fashion after the end of the show. Um, much to everybody else's amusement. <laughs> yeah, Ho- Hoba Mallow looked wobbly to me by the end of the evening. Yeah, that's his default setting, is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he wakes up. He has, to, he has to put effort into sobering up for work. No, he's, um, of course, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute as well. 
Um, but is there any other burning information from Elite Meet? I mean, I think, it w- would you heartily recommend that if people can get to one or the next one? Because obviously the, the next one's going to be the community run one in April next year down in Bristol. And it will be a different, it's not an official Frontier Elite Meet, so it will be slightly different. It's probably one of the low key. Not low-key, but it's the sort of... Oh, crikey, Ben. We tried this earlier on to have a discussion to try and work out how you describe Elite Me. It's the most relaxed out of all the conventions. It's basically turn up, be prepared to have yeah. a couple of pints and a chat, and we put on as much as we can in the room and just see what works and what people want to do. It's just really, really low demand on you. So just turn up, bring whoever you want, and have some fun and meet some other commanders. And that's what the, com- the sort of community <coughs> one is like. I don't know when the next Frontier one will be, but would you guys recommend heartily that people get along to it? Yeah, yes. if, you, if you can get along to it. If you can get along to it, it's great fun. It, it was like a cross between... had a similar vibe, in a sense, to the launch party, but without, obviously, the whole kind of twitching thing or... Um, you know, it was, probably, it was probably a bit lower... It was a lot lower key, in a sense, than the launch party, but it was also the same in the sense that it was quite a cool kind of trendy venue um there was you know live music and a dj and they did a, a kind of panel and stuff a combination of that and the frontier panel from say lavecon because there were a lot of devs there and stuff so it's sort of a bit of a mix of the both yeah it, it is a bit of a it is a bit more of a kind of night out type thing um just because you know just because the way they'd, they'd framed it yeah. Um, okay, but I think I just want to, I'll, I'll, I'll very quickly, even though we haven't got the videos to share, I will just very quickly highlight some of the things that they showed us. They had a video showing off the new volcanic features. So there were steam jets, there were those pyro things that grow up out of the ground. There were some weird, funky new alien trees, which everyone kind of went ooh at because no one's seen those yet. Um, but very much what looks like sort of alien tree growths. Um, funky new looking alien archaeological site that looks a bit like the moon dig from 2001 there were two new bobbleheads for the dashboard a textured coriolis and a wireframe coriolis and it is literally a piece of wire that has been bent to look like a coriolis they showed off the avatar creator ed was showing off various versions of himself that he's created using the current version of the tool that is eventually going to get released to players and they also showed off um, some new ship skins and SRV skins are on their way. Ooh. I'm going to wait for That's the... That's everything uh, I can remember. The bobblehead was going to be the bent coat hanger that you use as an aerial for the radio. <laughs> that is basically what the wireframe Coriolis is. It looks like a coat hanger that's been bent into the shape of Coriolis. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I think was, oh, that, the other thing was, um, in response to somebody on the forums who claimed that the um, the 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 geysers or geezers or whatever they are don't affect the SRV. They had a very lovingly made video showing an SRV being launched up into the sky by a steam jet. Oh, that it was, was most funny. amusing. That was very funny, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so I, I think, I, I feel, I think that was everything. I feel rotten that I couldn't make it. Um, and it wasn't helped by the fact that you guys all had a great time uh, at all. It's just, you know, <laughs> sat up here going, you buggers. And yeah. Uh, so, the first elite event I've been to with no grant. It was weird. Oh, there's a couple that I've not. I mean, I didn't make the one in Cologne, but then again, you know, neither did you. So, 
<laughs> I try to make as many as I can, and I do, I do try, but uh, sometimes you just can't get the, the cover, and I've been dealing with an awful lot of that kind of carry-on in the last couple of weeks. I think we're just now through that drama and on to the next one. Uh, goodness knows what that's going to be, but I'm ready for it and uh, hoping and looking forward to making more of the Elite Meets. Um, I know that, Matthew, you must be getting up, but your nose must get out of joint when you say, oh, God, there's another bloody Elite Meet in the UK. Yeah, eventually I'm going to make it over there one of these days. <laughs> you should try and I keep you know, saying, you go, yeah. go, Grant. I think we're about to say the same thing. We're about to say the same thing. Elite meet moves. And if you want to run an elite meet where you are, I know that the roads and the sizes in America are very, very different. But, you know, there's absolutely no problem with somebody who in the US who wants to run one or anywhere in the world. If you want to run an elite meet, we will give you as much support as we, as we can. And um, if we can get there, God, we'll be there in a flash. If you can, well, uh, yeah. If you, um, if you, yeah, I was gonna say, if you guys want to, you know, charge a few quid to the tickets, I'm, I'm quite happily try to convince the wife to let me fly over to America and things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put out some feelers and gauge interest amongst the American players and see if I can get something put together. I mean, all, all, the way that you want to do the elite meets, if you're if you're interested, is always aim for it to be a night at a pub somewhere. So you want to make sure that there's people in the local area. We usually try and get a a function hall in a hotel so that people can make a beeline and they stay there and they don't have to travel from there. But that's not always possible. So you're just basically looking to meet up for a beer and then. What generally happens is members who are coming then say, well, I've got this, shall I bring it along? Yes. I've got these board games, shall I bring them along? Yes. And before you know it, you've got a ton of stuff going on and people get, you know, get to try the likes of the Oculus Drifts and the uh, Vives and all the different VR sets and people bring their, you know, their big show-off rigs and look at this, it flashes and it's got one of those groinal attachments. Uh <laughs> And, you know, it, it just suddenly turns into an event from there. But, you know, it starts off as just let's meet up at a pub for, for a chat. And that's it. And at that point, you're, you've got your elite meat ready. <laughs> the groinal attachments and elite meat should not be used in the same sentence. <laughs> it just really. yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to write, your, you know, to do your own elite meat, then just, you know, even drop a line. We've got a, an organisation team that are dealing with the, the Bristol one, and I think there's possibly one planned for the following year as well. My brother and I enjoyed the one up in Glasgow significantly, so we're hoping to try and maybe do something else in Glasgow in the interim because it was just tons of fun to do and, you know, um, trying to see if we can find something that's of interest to people. But, you know, see how that goes. Um, we're going to move on now to Community Corner. There's actually not too much in that that's particularly worth going this the sort of quick mention of the sort of No Man's Sky and struggling with its player base having dropped significantly since it started. In fact, uh, from over 200,000 consecutive... Yes, Ben, I know. 200,000 significant simultaneous players playing on the Steam version at the launch, it has considerably continued to drop and drop and drop until now it's being reported that it's below 1,000 simultaneous players on Steam. Now... I thought, you know, this could just be normal, just, you know, 
crappy, broad, easy, easy peasy kind of rubbish news uh, stories. And I thought I better have a look into this a little bit and see whether or not it's struggling. Because I like No Man's Sky, but it's definitely not a go-to game. It's one that I go to when I fancy it, and and it doesn't happen very often. So it looks like within two weeks, they dropped by ninety percent, which is quite a, a dramatic fall. And it's continued to drop, and that when I had a look at the Steam players for today, uh, and I've taken a look at Elite Dangerous as well, Elite Dangerous had 5,442 simultaneous players, of which an, an average over the last... Really, you're going to do that right now? Thank you, Mr. Kitten. Um, had an average over the last 30 days of 4,500 consecutive players which is you know it's it's that's quite low i think i thought it'd be more uh, and no man's sky currently had 1714 consecutive players with an average over the last 30 days of just under 4000 and a 30 day loss of 33000 players that does not sound very good for a game what they can do to change that i don't know they obviously need to have some kind of new content uh, sooner rather than later but this doesn't reflect of course all the Elite Dangerous players who are part of the original alpha and use their own launcher it doesn't reflect the No Man's Sky players on the PS4 so it seems to be a bit of a non-story but it does seem to be that poor old No Man's Sky or Norman's Sky as I call it is destined to be the butt of jokes against a sort of you know suggesting that seriously suggesting that it's failing it's not failed yet i think it's a pretty game and it's a very small team that's the thing though. Yeah. that's the thing people forget about no man's sky it was basically if I, if I vaguely remember when it was originally being revealed and talked about there were i think three guys working on it and then sony kind of bought it up and made it this massive flagship title for the ps4 but actually, it was a really small game. And one of the things that defines games made by really small teams is that actually they are going to be very light on content. I mean, things like roguelikes are really good and popular with um, small teams because you're creating a kind of iterative experience that you go through and go through and go through. I mean, something like Minecraft is a really good example of that. Minecraft was a very basic system which allowed for a huge amount of complexity to um come about naturally but if you actually if you go to no if you go to minecraft looking for content there isn't any you take all your own content to the game and that's one of the strengths obviously of elite dangerous and why people are still playing it after two years i think the problem with no man's sky was that they sort of promised a universe of new and interesting and exciting emergent things being delivered to you and they just don't have the resources I don't believe, to deliver that kind of experience. It wanted to be much more Minecrafty, I think. I do feel for, for Alan Stroud, of course, because you know, his, his free game time has been really sort of um, significantly impacted by work and his other commitments and such, and he's thoroughly enjoying No Man's Sky, but he's about two months behind everybody else with No Man's Sky. He's going to get to a point where he thinks we're, we're, you know, the multiplayer comes in, but there's nobody else playing it. It'll just be him. Um... I, I don't know. I, I quite enjoyed it. There doesn't seem to be a narrative to it, but I find it quite relaxing, kind of like Minecraft, actually, in the kind of laid-back, repetitive um, farming kind of, you know, and mining kind of aspect. It's quite 
therapeutic in that, but yeah, it just shows that there is room for the space sims, but and this leads us into the next little comment that we've got here, which is about uh, Star Citizen. Is the danger that Frontier, because it was out first and uh, is currently, you know, obviously everyone's playing it and, and, and all the kind of measure sticks and yardsticks are measured against Elite Dangerous, is it setting a bar that some games would struggle to hit and as a result they're falling by the wayside when actually they're they're good in their own right. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the likes of a small team like Pulsar, who've got a, a really interesting game, but as you say, it's kind of like a... It's like a roguelike, <laughs> though. It is, it is like that, because you are you start and you play, and then you lose your ship, and you start and you play again, and the experience is different because it's who you're playing with, and you have a good giggle while you're doing it. And actually, the content there is quite Rich, really, it's quite interesting. Graphics are pretty horrible. We, we, we need to we need to revisit our concept of doing a pulsar show more regularly because it's <laughs> it's hilarious. It's great fun. I, think, I, I, think I love the maybe fact. Maybe look into some, the Sunday nights after Escape Velocity's finished its run. Maybe we should look into doing some pulsar shows because I, I, I love it. I absolutely love pulsar, and I, and I and I am the biggest hater of pulsar from when I got the Kickstarter, and it just exemplifies the whole story of being in alpha access and it ruining your potential enjoyment of a program and then you know just give up on it for a while and came back and wow hold on a minute this this is exactly what i was looking for when i backed it and it's maybe needing a bit more fluffing things to it but actually as a core there's a lot there and they just gotta add the bits in and, and redo things i know there's bars coming to that and the multiplayer is definitely lacking that could be due um and I'm uh, just seeing that Colin, you're on to. We won't be talking about Star Citizen next week then, because then Colin's got something he wants to add about that. Uh, but there's been some latest developments. In fact, that's a, a good idea, Colin, because I believe that there is a big Star Citizen reveal coming up at some point soon, um, as they sort of talk about the 8th of October. So maybe we can sort of do a big Star Citizen special around about then. I know we've got our our guys getting the information together. So that will then take us to any community questions for tonight's show. Uh, I think we've actually been answering them as they came up in the chat. Let me just have a quick look at the IRC and see if there's... I've disconnected from the IRC. Is there any questions in the IRC room, anybody? Nope, then we shall move along. That's awesome. I like it nice and quick. Then we have shout-outs. Um, is there anybody near you, Ben, in game? I know the Twitch was a bit of a disaster, so we'll just say... Uh, Hello to everybody Grant, who was there. I'm in, the, I'm in the middle of nowhere on my way to... I wasn't well, expecting you to have anyone. Nobody's here. Well, I'll give a shout out to people that are on the Twitch channel then. We've got Black Sheep Kitty, Ignatius J. Really? Really? Lens Larks there, DK, GJ, 128K, Dig Rail, Flying Bullet, Majero, Mark This, Neo Star 9, Nozba... Probo1154, Sardunos, Seacon2001, Sharats, Ulysses Wolf, Whoever11, Wild at Heart, Watcher, Lavebot's in there. Hello, Lavebot. I control Lavebot. He's my friend. And, of course, Ben and, well, Chris and I as Lave Radio and Phoenix the Fire call in there as well. So uh, I can't say hello to everyone who's on the Lave Radio IRC. I can only say, you know, hello to you all and thank you for turning up. And sorry if you've got questions there. Get them on our Facebook page and we will get them next week. Now, 
we had a we had a request for a player group shout out, didn't we? Um, I'm just trying to find it. They messaged us at Live Radio. All right, well, if you so, have a look for that, what so I'll cycle do, back around to me before you close up. I will do the the big roundup. Uh, yeah, we'll come to you. But we've got one community shout out that we do have to give a little bit of time to. Promise won't keep you too much longer. You know, just go put the kettle on. It's fine. We'll be done soon. I promise you. But this one needs a big shout out, and of course, it is to our friend of the show, our hunting trucker, our mad ass drunk elite meat, <laughs> Hober Mallow, who has decided that he is going to honour his cousin i think it was i'm not entirely sure um but it's definitely his uh, friend uh, no it's not his friend it's a family it's, it's definitely his cousin uh who had a disability and it's his cousin richard Kilcoyne, and he wanted to raise some money for special effects because it was it's a very interesting story that hober told and he gets very emotional about it but key is that he wants to do something special that will raise money for special effects to help people that have disabilities not go through the difficulties that his cousin did, Richard, um, and give them access to being able to escape the world by going and playing gaming and all kinds of stuff. Because the special effects are such a wonderful charity. Uh, and I know that an awful lot of our player groups support special effects, and that's for a good reason. They're accessible, they're so friendly to us, and what they do is so important that it deserves every penny that we can scrape together. Now, what Chris is doing, he's going to do a charity ride of 50 miles on a bike for this amazing charity at Special Effects. That's 25 miles to a pub where he will stop for a pint, a piss and a fag, and then he will ride the 25 miles back now, we've decided that uh, at Hutton Radio, Hutton Orbital Radio, that we didn't want this to be just him on a bike. So we've arranged and encouraged people to get involved, to take part in the event, to come and ride along. Maybe just to sort of listen in on the radio as we broadcast it live and cycle on your exercise bike alongside for the duration. We reckon it's going to be between four and five hours for it to complete. Obviously, you can stop for a pint and a, piece, a piss at the halftime part two and he has a target of 500 pounds that he wants to raise for special effects of course he's already smashed that target as you can possibly imagine he's way 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 beyond that and 822 pounds i am super proud to announce he has raised to date he's not done the ride yet he's not doing it until i think it's uh is it november the 5th of november this year so there's still a lot of time for him to to get more money in and the more money in there the more pressure there is on him to push through the saddle sores to to reattach his nipples with sellotape halfway along the right although apparently he doesn't get chaffed nipples but i'm sure that if we can put some money in there he might just uh, if we because maybe we can get him a t-shirt printed that's definitely really really rough around the nipple area um <laughs> i did learn something very disturbing though about it Oh dear, okay. Uh, well, apparently he also cycles without underwear. Y- yeah. And apparently that's the thing. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I think he does have overwear. <laughs> so, I, I hope he's got overwear. But it could lead to some interesting things. But yeah, so please, if you can spare time 
we'd love your time if you want to spare your time and get in touch with us and you can do that through Facebook or through his actual Just Giving page and I'll give you the address for that too but if you can just if you want to be part of it do an exercise bike and raise funds use his Just Giving page to keep it all together but get your friends to put a comment in that they're supporting you that's right no wonder well helps avoid dick chafing um <laughs> oh dearie it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to make sure it's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to spare a couple of minutes thoughts for Richard Kilcoyne he wants his life to be remembered and this is a beautiful way of doing it and you know hat off to Hober for pulling this off and we're going to make sure that this event's going to go all the way we're going to be broadcasting live for the entirety of his ride we're going to be checking in with him throughout the route we're going to have other people on bikes following and we've got a support vehicle uh, which hopefully won't run him over uh, depends and we're going to have as much going on around it as we possibly can so keep an eye on things and support him to go to his just giving page it's justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash S-H-S-E-T-G which stands for Super Hober Special Effect Team Go Super Hober Special Effect Team Go S-H-S-E-T-G we'll put this up in the show notes please go and have a read at it if you're interested let him know that you want to be part of it he'll put you in touch with us we'll make sure that we in fact you can even email info at laveradio.com and we will get you involved to whatever level you can if you can spare some pennies please donate into his pot and this is all for a charity that you would never begrudge a penny if you're not sure Go and check out Special Effect. I'm pretty certain that you will have no problems sparing some pennies. And it is completely UK-wide. They help anybody that they can. And the stuff they do is spectacular. I think that's fair to say, Ben, isn't it? You you saw Baz at EGX? Or was it... Uh, yeah, it was EGX, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, I saw Baz at EGX. I saw... Uh, not no one and Nothing to do with the elite community... But we had a guy there who walked from Bristol to EGX just because. Excellent. And he's, he stopped in past special effect and things like that. Um, and I think it took him about six days, I think it was, he took him. And he raised quite a few quid. I think it was nearly a thousand odd quid, I think he raised for special effects. And he popped in to say hi to them and things like that. And he was an awesome guy, a really nice chap. Yes, excellent. Well, you know, I don't want to to drag the show any longer than it has. Chris, did you manage to find what you were looking for? I did. Uh, we had a just a request for a shout out from the the Welsh Dragon Wing of Alpha Phonesis. Uh, mostly Welsh players, but a few others mixed in. So I think it's one of these things of you don't have to be Welsh to play here, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I, I can't imagine that there wouldn't be but um, maybe there'll be a sort of Welsh sector a wee small mini Welsh bubble of planet systems that nobody else can pronounce yeah uh. <laughs> all the randomly generated ones you just drop a bunch of L's into it <laughs> means, yeah, means something well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. fantastic well I managed to get a list um, from yeah, the IRC as well um, so we've got Penguin in IRC, Academic Dust in there, Akinboust, uh, Lucius NCJ, Ventura's in there, Galactic Midden, Hogworm, Jizzy Miss Queef. 
Ducalo, Cletus, Cletius, uh, Lens Lark's in there as well. Mark, this is in there, and Nopolios is also in there. So, hello to everyone who turned up tonight for the show. Sorry we kept you so late. Um, just quickly before we do the little outro, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity in case there's anything you're itching to shout out for. Obviously, um, we have our ringer from tonight from the Paladin Consortium. Uh, Paroxim, is there anything you want to shout out before we close the show? Uh, not in particular, but if anyone is interested, I do run a Twitch channel for the Paladin Consortium. So if anyone does want to keep up with this, feel free to head over there. It is twitch.tv forward slash commander cmdr underscore paroxysm, P-A-R-O-X-S-Y-M. Excellent. Uh, ben, anything you want to shout out? Have a look at the EJX stuff. It's all linked in from our front page or obviously on our Twitch stuff. Not Twitch. On our podcast stream feed, Fun. RSS. Like that. You know what? Yeah, do I try that one again? Laveradio.com, click on that and you will see all the episodes there and you'll be able to click on that and search for the EGX ones yeah. and then you can listen to them. And and there, there's an EGX category there, I think, now as well. Brilliant, so you can sort of filter them out yourself. Yep. Excellent, excellent. And Chris, anything you want to give a quick shout out to? Oh, I think I've talked more than enough tonight about my stuff. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Radio Theatre Workshop. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, it's just important to give a wee quick <laughs> run because obviously after the outro music we are going to play the latest updated Galnet news for you all so stick around for that. Also on Sunday night we have obviously a 24 hour live radio uh, audio stream on the laveradio.com uh, website. Um, you can click on live and listen to the radio 24 hours a day. We have got Escape Velocity episode 1, season 3, episode 1 scheduled throughout the week and then we have a double episode on Sundays at 9 that you can listen to uh, as well by just tuning in. So have a listen to that. But for now, we're going to s- uh, close the show uh, thanking everyone who's turned up. Thank you everyone who's turned up. In fact, I should just do the description. It would be a lot, lot, lot easier. Uh, well, everybody, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com or Facebook forward slash Live Radio or at Live Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Live Radio or you can even join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat and that is teamspeak.laveradio.com. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out on streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks to everybody tonight who turned up to watch and thank you to those commanders that have tried to join us in game and been left on their own to their own devices. <laughs> we promise we'll try and get some commanders in game so that you can come and play with us. But that's it. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your
I'm going to see the galaxy. Galnet News, 27th of September, 3302. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, employee legs it as Metadrive boss pegs it. Kahina in custody. Halsey's vision of paradise. Employee legs it as Metadrive boss pegs it. Ron Corson, a junior employee of Metadrive Incorporated, is reported to have gone missing shortly after the Metadrive chairman, Femi Dekarai, died in undisclosed circumstances. Metadrive Incorporated has reported Chairman Dekarai's death as following a short illness. Dekarai was reported to be showing signs of stress in the light of funding shortfalls and an unfavourable report by external auditors. Metadrive is believed to have made generous ex gratio payments to Dekarai's family. The missing Ran Corson, who was suspended from service at Metadrive following the audit, is being sought by security forces in the Chi Orionis system. In a conversation with Commander Joel Cosmo, Corson has claimed that the Sirius Corporation arranged for Dakarai to be murdered. He further claimed that his own life and the lives of others were in danger, as part of a cover-up related to Metadrive technical secrets. As well as being an employee of Metadrive, Corson is believed to have connections with the children of Raxla. Metadrive, which was recently bailed out by Sirius Corporation, is reported to be working on new hyperdrive technology that will be revealed within the coming year. Kahina in custody. Senator Kahina Loren has been remanded in custody in Achenar after being charged in connection with the attempted assassination of Admiral Petraeus on the 20th of August. The Admiral was delivering a speech at Mackenzie Relay in Semias when he was approached by several armed would-be assassins who were rapidly detained by Imperial security personnel. It's believed that Senator Loren, who was travelling under the pseudonym Salome, was arrested on her ship a short time later. It is not clear what part Loren played in the assassination attempt. Princess Ashling Duval has called for a just punishment for Loren's atrocious crimes and has praised the Empire's loyal security services for their diligence. 
The Imperial Citizen newspaper has called for Lorraine and the factions she's associated with, the Emperor's Dawn and the Children of Raxila, to be dealt with harshly. Halsey's Vision of Paradise One-time federal president, Jasmina Halsey, has described her visions of paradise to an audience in Alioth. Halsey went missing on Starflight 1 in May 3301 and was eventually rescued in February 3302. During this time she had visions of a place of extraordinary beauty, a paradise. Halsey now seems determined to find the paradise from her vision, which she says may have a part to play in mankind's future. And that's this week's Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.